Yes, yes, yes. Good evening, people. Good evening, good evening. Welcome to Buddha Palm TV. I am your host, Tech, representing Buddha Palm TV on Source of the Force, Series 2, Episode 4. What is it? What I'm sure something like that. Is that right? Hillary Bean at the building. Kim Wolves in the building. Welcome, 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 welcome to Buddha Palm TV, man. Welcome to Source of the Force, sis. Whoa, everyone's rocking up. Melly Mel, Bigger G, yes. Raid, they are. Good evening. One Nation Under a Groove Raid with 15 Raiders. Nice one. Big up, Croc. Just Maz. Salute, madam. Salute. One Nation. Salute, salute, salute. The Diva Speaks. Welcome, welcome. Yo, before I welcome everybody in, man, I have to say thank you for passing through. Just about to get rocking. And today, I'm blessed and humbled to have a yo, a class act, man, a class act. This gentleman here has got many strings to his bow. You know what I mean? He's been giving me bare grief behind the scenes. And once again, the sound check was a madness. He, he was flexing, trust me. So, and it's been a beautiful thing, actually, because um, similar to when I interviewed Croc Live, right? I didn't have to do any prep for it. It was beautiful because my man can play. My man can already got like a setup to, to play music and he's got everything he's going to play. So I'm just going to listen to the man's silky voice and listen to all this, all this knowledge that he's going to impart on all of us. So tonight, my guest, my esteemed guest is Grown Folks Grooves. So let's welcome him in. Grown Folks, what are you saying, sir? Wow. I'm so pleased and happy to be here. Thank you very much. And I have no plans or any means to live up to that introduction. But thank you anyway. Thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in and checking us out. I'm so glad to see so many people coming through. I really appreciate that. Yeah, man. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, mate. Absolutely. It is, it's, a, it's a nice thing, this live thing, because like the interactions wicked and you know um oh for sure to, to have you join us is always a beautiful thing grown folks you know, uh, you, know you know like um like tech was saying because i could hear what he was saying um the sound check it was a bit of a madness but that was all it is that all that's done now all, all the good stuff's out of the way so oh, please. <laughs> please. Please. what i've no, got no, lined no, up is thing. What I got lined up is probably some stuff that you guys have heard before, and um, well, you probably some of it you probably would have heard, but it's not a uh, mainstream stuff for the most part. It's just some stuff that either brings back some memories to me or things that I liked but never really made the airwaves. Really, perfect. perfect. Yeah, man. So I was let's let, let's throw back, man. Let's go like back. Um, Croc's first birthday where he streamed, and we had oh man nine DJs on stage on <sighs> screen. Right, that was the first. That was my first introduction to your good self, and I'd heard a lot about you, yeah? <laughs> and, I'd, and I was not disappointed. Do you know what I mean? You came, oh, wow. you threw down, you, you, you exuded class. Do you know what I mean? You kept, you kept, you kept like a class, a classic exterior to the whole thing, while all of us were throwing dirt all over. The <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's so that's that was, something. That was that was wicked. It was wicked. And I was lucky enough to have you on on the series one of Source of the Force, um, just talking about your whole sort of journey growing up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But what I'd like to do tonight is to kind of sort of do a bit of a recap for those people who may not have heard that, because your story is cool, man. And you know I mean to understand that you know 
when you listen to you talk, that's not a South London accent. You know what I'm saying? So we, we need to understand where you come from. And nah, mate. Nah, it's not, is that, it? That's not a South <laughs> London accent. <laughs> that's, that's, that's poor. That's like Jason Statham trying to do an American Exactly, accent. exactly. <laughs> but not that good. <laughs> nah, baby. <laughs> uh, nah, my accent is uh, from Washington, D.C., and that's the nation's capital of the United States, as everybody knows. And back when I was growing up, Washington, D.C. was a, a funny kind of place, especially when I got into my teens and, and early 20s. Um, Washington, D.C. was like the murder capital of the world, and everything was going on. But... Before then, I had a great experience growing up because it was such a beautiful city. And I've always referred to it as a famous city, a small town with a lot of famous buildings because you've got all of these famous buildings right in uh, within like a square mile of each other. So you've got the Capitol, you've got um, the Monument, you've got the White House and not too far from there in Virginia, you've got the Pentagon. So you've got a whole bunch of famous buildings in this really small area, but it has such a vibe. Um, it's always had a great vibe and a really strong musical scene. And one of the things that came out of the D.C. music scene is uh, Go-Go. So I grew up, you know, listening to Go-Go. And um, one of my favorite artists was Chuck Brown. I also was crazy about Rare Essence. Um, so I'm going to just play you one of the one of the biggest songs that Chuck Brown had out when I was in D.C. I'm just going to play a little bit of it. But look, this was a monster, monster tune, y'all. Pretty baby, you are the soul that snaps my control. Such a funny thing, but every time I'm near you, I never can behave. You give me a smile and then I'm wrapped up in your magic. Music all around me, crazy music, music that keeps calling me so very close to you. Oh, let me tell you about this song. Good gracious. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm telling you now. This song was such a monster, monster song. This song had everybody in D.C. If you didn't know every word to this song, you couldn't claim that you were from D.C. Everybody knew every bit of that song. And... Chuck Brown had taken go-go music to another level because he kind of slowed it down a little bit because it was a uh, it's a very percussive music. But he kind of slowed it down a bit and gave it more of a jazzy swing. And that just was very attractive to everybody in the Washington, D.C. area. And it kind of just drew him to it even more. And I'm, that was just one of the one of the baddest songs in D.C. at the time. I mean. Oh man, and the song, the, the the original song, I think is probably about twelve minutes long. Wow! And some radio stations would actually play it, and it was uh, kind of like a, a medley of songs put together. But it was it was absolutely bananas. Yeah. yeah so that was that was a uh, DC, and that's that's where my accent comes from. Since we were uh, talking about my accent, and then uh, I decided to uh, marry my wife, my lovely wife Camilla. Uh, we met in DC. Shout out to Cam. Salute, Cam. <clears throat> and um, we, we moved from uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, to the U.K. And um, great story on how I met my wife. I probably told this before. I met my wife uh, one day. I was, I was working as a security guard. And she was actually working as a security guard. But she had uh, been going to Howard University. That's how she ended up in the United States. She was uh, in, at Howard University. And uh, 
one morning because I was working the night shift and she would come in in the morning and she would have to get the keys from me and uh saw this fine little thing come through the door I was like okay <laughs> give me some lyrics together for this one you know and uh she she came to get the keys from me and I handed her the keys but when she grabbed the keys I held her hand Smooth. Smooth. See that? Smooth. Now I'd be done for assault nowadays the way people behave. (laughs) But, you know. (laughs) It is. (laughs) (laughs) Creep. Yeah, creep is right. So, yeah, that's that's how I uh, met my wife. And we ended up uh, moving here to the UK. And we we moved here in 94. And um, been here ever since and have been having a great time. You know, Hillary now restraining order. That's what, that's what <laughs> no doubt. Now, no sure. doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, restraining order. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, Grand Fox, please give a couple of people shout outs in the in absolutely, the chat. absolutely. Who have we got in the chat? Uh, we got Hillary. We've yeah. got uh, my man One Nation, DJ Croc. We got uh, who is this? Uh, we got Bigger G. Bigger G. Oh, Bigger G. What's up, Bigger G? How you be, man? Yeah, man. So Wolves, Melly Mel, absolutely. Speaks just Maz. One yeah, nation. man. Yeah, man. We got so glad you all came through. And I hope you, if you got any questions, and I, you know, you probably won't, uh, except for why did I end up over here? Because uh, you know, I, I, and I'll tell you, I came over here because of the weather. It was, it was, it was sold to me that it was an island. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you didn't read the small print. I didn't read the small print. No, at all. Yeah, yeah. Wow, is it? So, Matrina, hey, shout out to you. Big up, Matrina. Yeah, Yeah. Big G says, big up. Big up, big up. Yeah. Salute. Nice one. Big up, big up. Welcome everybody in the chat. Welcome to Buddha Palm TV, man. So, yeah. So, you coming over here? Obviously, music's a big part of your life. So let's talk about your early musical tastes. What sort of things were you listening to as a as a kid? And like when you came over here, what sort of influences did you have musically? Wow. So um, we, we touched on a little bit of that the last time I was here. Uh, and I, I really must say thank you again because I had such a great time here the last time. Uh, my musical tastes were always kind of soul driven. So it was more like Marvin Gaye and uh, Al Green and, you know, those kind of things. And, you know, some George duke and uh as i got older uh you know i still kind of stayed in that vein and i got into some prince uh because you know i heard uh his the first track i heard from prince was soft and wet and i had started getting into music to the point where i was buying 45s and every now and then i'd save up enough money to buy an album and whenever uh, my mother uh, and uh, stepfather would have a party i would be the dj now you can imagine how rough it is being a DJ with one turntable, you know, <laughs> it's, you're busier than a one legged man in a kick fight, you know, yeah. I'm telling you. So, that's yeah, that's himself. that's the dude himself. Matter of fact, I'm going to play this track from from Prince because this is one of his lesser known tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was on his Emancipation album, if I'm not mistaken. And they never made the radio. So this is one of my things. What When I, I do my show, I tell people I play the songs you know and love, modern classics, and sprinklings are the ones that got away. And here's one that got away.
departure for Prince. www.email.com in the story if you listen to the whole thing the story and it's really kind of uh interesting you know so yeah that was uh, one of the prince tracks that just you know always always gravitate to because it was such a strong song and it never went anywhere <laughs> what, what year was that made yeah, someone said that sounds like it was cut from the 90s what year was that uh yeah probably uh whenever emancipation came out i don't have that those figures in front of me but it was on the emancipation album yeah yeah so that was yeah i think it was probably in the actually i think it was in the 90s late 90s yeah right okay. yeah mid to late 90s so yeah 96 yeah yeah so that's when that came up great track great track definitely Wicked um shit. so yeah uh came over here um started doing some work in IT and everything and then I started getting into the music business which is uh oh my goodness so around uh 2000 uh I got into music over here and I was attracted to the music business here and I got into it by accident um because some of the artists here were just dope I mean absolutely dope artists and I came across one artist um and ended up seeing him live and, and meeting him and having a chat with him. Uh, one of your UK artists. And I was like, this dude is going to be fire. And he was just starting off. Matter of fact, when I met him, he was performing at 10 Rooms in London. Um, I don't know if you guys ever went to 10 Rooms in London where uh, Patrick Allen does this thing called Music Box. And this guy was there. And I met him and we had a little chat. And I was like, man, you know, there's a lot of UK talent here. But when I listened to the radio... I'm only hearing U.S. artists, and I, I never really understood that. But I'm gonna get into that story, and I'm, I may be playing too many songs, but I want to play one yeah, at least. No such thing, mate. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing. Mate. Play those songs. I'm you just gonna the play. The song is a soundtrack to you. Play the song. <laughs> okay, this was just the song that got me really interested in this guy, and I was like, he's gonna be the next, and I meant it, the next. D'Angelo. There's no need to run 
get you Feels as though I've known you for a lifetime Tell me, do you feel like I do? I really wanna get you You came along at just the right time. He was an amazing dude. I mean, my goodness. I'm telling you, boy. So I, I, I got into Lyndon David Hall's music and I started following his career and stuff. And I was lucky enough to get into. Uh, the music business and I started off and we probably touched on this before I started off doing a little bit of artist management uh, I was uh, managing an artist named Kristinette and um, Juliet Leon and tell the story about that tell the, 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 the <laughs> trip, you tripped up and became a manager tell, <laughs> tell that story man. oh my goodness so um, I was having some work done to my house and uh, the, the guy that was doing the work he was a painter uh, his name was Dahl may he rest in peace um we decided, okay, well, look, you finished today. Let's go down to Brixton because he lived in Brixton and, you know, let's get a drink. So we was at the bar hanging out and he taps me on the shoulder because for some reason we had ended up having different conversations with different people. And he tells me, look, this is one of your, 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 your home guys, you know, you need to have a chat with him. So I turn around and start talking to him. It's AK Ford Smith is his name. And he's uh, the CEO of uh, Prohibition Entertainment. I had no idea of anything that he did or anything. And he started talking to me. He said, yeah, I'm here doing some work with my artist, Trey Danya, and um, got a couple gigs and things. But you know what? I need some help. Can you help me? Can you just look after my artist? Because I got some business stuff I need to do. Me being me. Yeah, man, sure. Why not? Come on, let's do this. Anyway, I get hooked up. And we go to uh, Subterranea. That was the name of the club. She was performing at Subterranea. From, you know, you remember that from way back in the day. And I meet up with Trey Danya. We hit it off and stuff. And we hanging out. And she does her performance. And there was another artist there named Christy Nett. And Christy Nett was a great singer. Still is a great singer. She just has, she just doesn't sing right now. Um, and Christy Nett saw how I was, I guess, dealing with uh, Trey Danya's affairs and things. And at the end of the night, she said, you know what? I'm looking for a manager. Are you interested in being my manager? And me being me. Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's have a chat about it. I ain't never done this before in my life. All of a sudden, now I'm gonna be somebody's manager. What kind of foolishness is this? You know. So what? What is it? What is it about you that exudes that to make? Do you know what I mean? Because that's not a standard thing for someone to ask. I've never been asked to do that. Do you know what I mean? That's just me. So but that's what, not what the first it? time. I mean, that that was the first time. That's not the only time. I've had other people. I have. When I started this, I had no experience in managing anything but my life. You know. <laughs> So I don't know. I don't know what it was. Maybe it, it <laughs> so when people first meet me, uh, they generally think I'm like a angry, mad, evil person for some reason, because I guess. Wow. Yeah, because I, I don't know. My face is just my face. And, you know, they kind of think, well, maybe she saw it. OK, well, maybe he's a bouncer and a manager. and Who knows what else? You know, I, I'll feel safe with him, but it must be something like that. But. Once people get to know me, I'm I'm really not that kind of guy. I'm just a fun-loving guy. So um, she asked me to be her manager. We had a little meeting, and um, I, I had a chat with my wife about it. She said, yeah, sure, why not go ahead? And so that's I started being her manager. And I learned along the way 
uh, what needed to be done. I got a lot of uh, tutelage from uh, uh, AK and he told me things that I needed to do. And I just, you know, started grinding and making a lot of contacts and meeting people. And next thing you know, I was getting her shows and uh, I was having her in the studio doing stuff. So, you know, it, I actually learned how to be a, an artist manager. So I did the same thing for Juliette Leon. She already had a team with her, but I was able to get her um, some shows. Matter of fact, one of her shows was at the uh, Pizza Express. Uh, the the live one that used to be up by Marble Arch. Um, got her a show there and some other, some other shows and some other appearances. And had her record, one of her records placed in um, a short movie. So... That was uh, interesting as well. So it, in, in the sort of week, in a week of being a manager for an artist, what would that entail? What would, what would you... It's a lot of work. Oh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of phone calls. It's a lot of emails. It's a lot of packaging things together and sending out posts. Because this was back in the day when you had to send CDs out. So it was... Uh, putting your bot, putting their bio together, having photographs for them and coming up with a package, what they call an EPK now. And you would send that out in the post. And what I found, what uh, uh, somebody, I can't remember who it was, but somebody, matter of fact, it, it might've been uh, Robert Pascal yeah. told me, he said, you know what, if you're going to be sending these things out in the mail, what you need to do is come up with a package that's different. So I went and I looked on the Internet for the most wackiest packages I could find. And I went to this thing called uh, I think it was called uh, Snazzy Bags. They may not be in business anymore, but Snazzy. And they came up with these things that had glitter on them and they were shiny and they were all kind of things. So when they reached wherever they were going to reach, they would stand out. So if he if if an A&R guy had a bunch of packages on his desk or wherever and I said, oh, well, mine is the purple one with glitter on it. He could find it very easily. Yeah, mine's the one that looks like Prince. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look like Prince. If he just came from a strip club or something. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, it actually worked because I was able to call the A and R's and and when I would get through, I could say, yeah, this my package looks like this. And they say, oh, okay, I've got that, and they would actually listen to it. But if your package looked like everything else, they wouldn't bother looking for it. But if you told them it was something really wacky and weird, they would take a little bit of time and, and look for your package. You've got a message from thirteen here. Hey, hey, hey! What's happening, thirteen rhythms? Rhythm rhythms. <laughs> Do you know what? She's been giving me a lot of grief about a hat that I wear, but I don't want to. I don't want to discuss it in public now because it's between me and her. And we've got beef. I love her, but we've got beef, and I'm. I'm you know what I'm saying? Hey, uh, hey, add your beef out. You know. No. Nah, <laughs> <you know>, seriously. <laughs> so. Me, I'm being like a ninja. Okay. Okay. Oh, and that's right. I, I still. I may get cut off, y'all, but at one point I'm. I'm. A, I'm gonna uh, go ahead on it and be a little naughty with uh, my man. I'm gonna oh. put him, put him, I'm put him on display, corner him. So what is what is thirteen saying? See, I feel like there's a little business idea here, uh, Mr. Grown folks. People need to know how to do this. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I am all for that. If there's anything that I can do to to give somebody some advice from the experiences I had dealing with the music business, some of it may not be relevant anymore because, like I said, this was. Uh, it's, been a few years ago like you don't send stuff out in the mail anymore so that that idea may not be the greatest idea but anything else on how to deal with uh, people within the record business 
Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to help anybody I can. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. I guess the, the same, I mean, obviously the, the, the method of delivery may have changed, but the same ideas there. You've got to sort of connect with a lot of people and get your things out there and make it yeah. noticeable. And, you know, it's the, the concept's going to be the same, isn't it? Yeah, and it started to change before I stopped managing artists. So you, a lot of persistence is needed, mm-hmm. um, you know. And uh, when you do your EPK now, of course it's all online, so you just have a link for them to click, click on. You what need it, to what have. Is, sorry, it. what does EPK stand for? Uh, electronic press kit. Right. Okay. And that's uh, where you put your one sheet and any kind of uh, links to videos or uh, your SoundCloud or whatever it may be. You need to have it as dynamic as possible so it will hold their attention so it needs to be graphically heavy and you know showing you know images that will keep their attention so that they'll want to click another link so yeah just that kind of stuff but yeah if anybody anybody wants to know something i'm more than happy to share because i was actually an ar at one point for redskin records and that was an experience because i was going around looking for additional artists now this is coming from somebody who got into the music business in a bar next thing you know i'm an a and r how how does how does that work what what, what trail is that have this like ready break glow thing going on you know i don't know know, it is it is such a funny story so what's the difference with the role of an a and r what what would a and r do so okay it's just to i guess start from ground level it stands for artists and repertoire and the a and r he looks for talent and kind of helps manage the talent's growth and development in the um, into uh, the business. He would look after uh, creating a catalog and sometimes you get artists that need development and you'll spend a lot of time dealing with getting them to a level where you're ready to expose them and it deals with that kind of promotion and stuff right. for the label. Okay. Yeah. Wicked. So, yeah, so, what, so t- talk, t- talk to me about your role as you became an A&R all of a sudden. How did that happen? Yeah, so uh, I, I ended up um, working with this uh, producer, Trevor Davey. And Trevor introduced me to uh, this gentleman uh, named Smith. And we were having conversations. And he was looking for somebody to run his label. He was he had a label. Um, and he his label was called Redskin Records. And he was looking for somebody to do A&R. And he knew about what I had been doing with my artist's and he knew about the relationship I had with Trevor, Trevor Davey, mean, mean producer, big up to Trevor. And uh, he just asked me to come in and start, you know, looking at getting artists onto the label. And we had a few conversations and I understood what the label was about and, you know, its direction and stuff. And it was a great idea. Uh, initially, the aspirations were to be an alternative to iTunes. So it would come up with it would, it would have its own artists and it would also be a distribution for other artists like iTunes was. So it was it was a great idea. And we did that for a while. And uh, it was it was a lot rougher than I guess anybody anticipated and needed a lot more money. But it was a great experience because I was able to get a few artists on there. And, you know, we had we had some fun. You know, things things were exciting. Yeah, it was exciting times. So is that still a sort of line of work you're interested in now or involved in now? Um, not so much. Uh, I have one artist that I do work for, um, and that's Tony Ozier, and he's out in Portland. Um, so I do his European stuff. So whenever he's over here in the UK or doing some touring in Europe, I uh, manage Tony's stuff. And I'm going to play the song I use from Tony 
at the top of my shows. Um, and this is called I love it. I love the way he names his songs because Tony's all about the funk. Right. So he's got this phrase. He's got Duke. Hey, and he calls himself Dookie Green. And it's 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 reminiscent of Parliament Funkadelic, his whole Dookie Green persona. And this is the song I play at the top of my shows. So here it goes. Dookie Butter. Just a little taste of Dookie Butter, yeah. Tony is a Tony's a mess. He's an, a very very talented guy, amazingly talented. Um, and he's uh, he's actually done some work. He was able to uh, do some work with Bootsy. He's got Bootsy on one of his tracks. Um, amazing dude, amazing dude. He, he's multi talented. Yeah. So, do you feel like you're involved in the whole sort of music business as much as you were before? Or have you kind of stepped back and sort of chilled from it a bit? Or yeah. What, so what I've done, about? what I've done is I, I've stepped back and um, I've become more of a behind the scenes guy. So I'm not in heavily into or at all besides Tony into artist promotion. Um, my focus now is just playing the music. Um, so. One day, uh, I just decided that I wasn't going to do any more artist manager because it's just too heavy. I mean, the, the 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 workload is just too heavy to try to make it a part time thing. You, I, I did, I didn't want to be somebody's manager and not be able to give them a hundred percent. So I decided, okay, well, look, I'm just going to step back and you know leave that leave the music thing alone. And my wife said, she said, well, you know, you've you got a great ear for music. Why don't you do a radio show? So knowing me, I did a radio show. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? I'll do a radio show. Okay. How do you do that? Oh, wow. So I contacted uh, my buddy, Wayne Brown, was on a, a radio station called Urban Jazz Radio. So I contacted Wayne. I said, Wayne, you know, how, how do you, you know, get to do a radio show? He said, oh, man, yeah, you, I, I'll put you in touch with my man. And he put me in touch with the guy at uh, Urban Jazz Radio. And I told him my idea. Uh, and my idea was basically I wanted to do as much promotion for UK artists as possible. That was like my thing. Um, and that, that stems from the uh, Lynn David Hall, because I knew that there were a lot of great music and a lot of great musicians here. Um, and told him that was my plan. He said, yeah, that sounds fine. He told me what equipment I needed. And I went out and I, I bought the equipment I needed. And then, uh, 
I just jumped out there with both feet like I knew what I was doing and I didn't have a clue. <laughs> it's, it's the best way. Don't, think, don't overthink it, man. Just jump in. Just jump yeah, in. I just, I just jumped straight in there. And, uh, I love that. I love that. I love amazing. That. Yeah. Hear what Hillary's saying. Tony Ozier makes your, your lip curl up. That, it, that's it, true. Tony Ozier make you do this. <laughs> and he, he's got this thing he does as well it's uh he does this because it's just so funky you could smell it you could smell it <laughs> you can smell it <laughs> you can smell it you can smell it <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. so oh, wicked wicked so i know like back in the day you were and still are heavily into film, and like the black exploitation films is something that you you enjoy a lot, right? So Absolutely. if I was to show you this, oh, Truck Turner, oh man, yes yeah. indeed, yeah, Black Moses, Isaac Hayes, yes yeah, indeed, yeah man. Talk to me about this film and what that means to you. Ah, uh, this this means um, spending time with my cousins, and we were at the, we would be at the drive-in. Because this was a, a big thing that uh, we did in um, in uh, Washington D.C. is to go see black exploitation movies. We would generally catch them like at a drive-in movie theater. So my uncle was um, the type of guy. If you looked at life for a man and say, okay, any man who you know has all of the toys wins the game. He was trying to win the game. Because he had a camper, he had a boat, he had a beach property, he had a motorcycle, he had a race car. I mean, he had everything, station wagon. He had everything you could possibly want to, I guess, keep people occupied or to have fun for himself. Mm -hmm. So he would pile us up in his uh, station wagon and we would go to the movie theaters and we would see movies like Chuck Brown and Coffee and, you know, all of those kind of movies, you know, and. This is what I was going to ask you. So since we own this, I'll go ahead and put you on the spot now. When? Here, here we go. Here we go. When are you I'm going to getting, be? I'm just getting ready on the cutting you out thing. Uh, you, you see the button? You see yeah, the button? Yeah. Well, I'm button <laughs> when are you going to play? <laughs> when are you going to play the Mac? Come on. When am I going to play the Mac? What, the Mac. What do you want to? Because this, this is the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Films like this, I think these need to be a live show. I agree. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, is that people, people in the chat, is that something you would come to if we did like a black exploitation session there, either in Wolves or yeah. in London? What, what, what are you saying? Yeah. I, I'm up for it, man. I'm more than game to do Chime that, in. Because, yeah, it's it. Because um, we have so many dope movies. I mean, Cotton Comes to Harlem, mm. uh, you know, Cornbread Earl and Me. Um, Cooley High, you know, we there's just loads of uh, mm. Blackula. There are loads of black exploitation films that are actually very good films. Yeah. I think know? I showed you, um, I, I think I streamed one once. Uh, I think it's true, Coffee. Yeah. Well, no, Cleopatra Jones. Cleopatra <laughs> Jones, that's Cleopatra right. Jones, yeah, yeah, and her Corvette, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, multiple fur coats. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right, that's right. So yeah, that was on one hundred, on one thousand, <laughs> on one thousand. Absolutely, yes, Black indeed. Blackula, Blackula mm. was the one. Blackula was the one. Yeah, See, so all, the, uh. all of these films I've got, you know, I've got. It's just, yeah, you know I man. If people want to do that, yeah, some bigger G's like up for that. Yeah, you need a double or triple bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be, it would be an early start. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm game. I'm game. More than game. We've, we've talked about this before. I think we talked to you about this when I was down at um, Crocs do at One mm. Nation. And I showed you my, my exploitation folder. And I've got, I've yes. got a lot of these things. You've so, got almost all of them, if not all of them, because you've got it all covered. Yeah, we've, we've got them, man. We've got them, man. Yeah. So, yes. So, the answer to that one, sir, is most definitely. When okay. that's going to be, we shall organize, man. Do you, yeah, know man. What? do you know what? To do that, if I put that on, right, I will need your support for to making sure the soundtrack to that night is official. You know what I'm saying? Now, you know, all you got to do is Aztec, and I'm there. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Done. Done, Absolutely. done, 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 done. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss that most definitely. Yeah. <laughs> on it, mate. Like a yeah. carb on it. I'm on it. Cornbread and Earl. There you go. Cornbread, Earl and me. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Blackula. Yeah, that would be the horror one. <laughs> <laughs> horror comedy. <laughs> Some terrible with a terrible hairline. Mm. Yep, yep. Brutal hairline. Yeah. So the whole sort of, I mean, with these films, the the soundtrack was amazing as well. You know what I mean? So yeah. talk to me about that whole genre of film and the music that accompanied it. Well, you know, um, those kind of films, they always, well, not always. Generally, they had uh, some some nice budgets. Now you've got Trouble Man, which was done by. Marvin Gaye, uh, you got Shaft that was done by Curtis Mayfield, um, you know, uh, it, it was, so no, Shaft was done by Isaac Hayes, Curtis Mayfield did a, another soundtrack, but all of, a lot of those, they had big stars that were already, you know, uh, famous, you know, cause, uh, James Brown did a soundtrack, um, yeah, Curtis Mayfield did Superfly. That's right. Um, and those songs were like iconic, you know, because you could hear the beginning of Superfly and you knew you knew that that was Superfly, you know, or you could hear the beginning of Shaft and you knew that was Shaft. These were just iconic songs. And because they were in movies, they were automatically they already had a visual element to make help make them even more famous. But those songs, they just, they just, I feel good songs for me because I, I had so much fun during that era. You know, I, I can hear those and, you know, put a smile on my face. Yeah, big, big films, man. Big films. Yeah, man. And sort of back in Washington, in the States, obviously, it's kind Hillary of like. Hillary said, big stars, big music, big heels, big flags, big hats, big fellas. It's just big. <laughs> big <laughs> Big Ertang. <laughs> Big lapels. That's know? it. That's it. Big dreams. Yeah, man. Big rims. That's it. <laughs> big cars. cars. Big cars. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I was looking at, it was Superfly, and I was looking at that El Dorado go down the road, and that thing, it was like an ocean liner going down the road. <laughs> it even behaved like an ocean liner because it would float yeah. when it would go over a bump. Why is it like 1970s American cars, right, were wider than where the the wheels were like in the middle of the car and the body of the car's like overhanging the wheel. There's like, it had like four pram wheels. <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't look stable. Man. In a straight line, it was amazing. You take a right turn, you flip over, you know? It was not stable. And they had a hard time stopping because it was so much weight, you know? It was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of metal to slow down, yeah, you know? It's a lot of car. Yeah, a lot of velour. 
<laughs> Acres of velour. <laughs> oh. Oh I'm telling you. Days. So what, what were you rocking car wise when you were back in the States? Were you, did you have like a, like I'm a, a car smooth, guy. Yeah. So yeah. What, I'm, a, what, I'm a car guy. Okay. So talk to me, man. Educate me. Talk to me. So, um, I think I did a count with my daughter the other day and I think I've had somewhere around 20 some cars or more. Wow. Okay. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a real car guy. Uh, so, uh, my first car was uh, a Datsun, um, and that ain't known as Nissan. It was a Datsun 510, a little orange and white car, and I loved that car to death. Um, then uh, I called myself being big because my, my, my stepfather, he was a car dealer, so he had his own car lot. So, you know, I, I took advantage of that. Oh, you know, I want another car, and I go and uh, pick another car and trade that one in. So I went and I got a... Um, another car Corolla and I ended up uh, totaling that one <clears throat> on my way to school one morning I was coming up over a hill and when I came over the hill there were cars parked in the lane that I was coming over and I slammed into the back of a, a parked car but I was okay that's what's important yeah. let's see all of this let's see all of this this limp yeah <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't I can't walk properly but you know all this so uh I ended up getting a uh <laughs> I, I was I was given a lesson for that so my stepfather he gave me a dodge dart and a dodge dart is exactly what a child would draw if you asked him to draw a car <laughs> just like a box like a cornflake it was box it was a box it was wheels. just it was just a box with some wheels on it you know it was there was no styling and profiling in that car i didn't even have enough clothes in my wardrobe to make that car work properly so i had that for a while and um then i got to a point where um i started working and i was able to afford you know to buy my own cars and the first car um that i bought was a 200 sx a nissan 200 sx and that was a that was like a little sporty car you know because i was young i was about 20 something like that and you know thought i was you know fly cool and it had a little sunroof and you know nice. uh, yeah, i had some little spoke rims on it nice. so Are we yeah talking velour interior? <clears throat> Are we talking no, velour? no 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 well now that i think about it Vinyl. it was it was almost velour it was it was Valorette. It, yeah Valorette, yeah <laughs> Valorique. that's it, it's the, the cousin of Valor Valette <laughs> yeah so that was that was the start of my cars I've, I've had so many cars in, since then so I ended up with getting a Volvo uh, I had a, a BMW and I also had a um, ended up getting a project car at one point um, this was right before uh, we moved to the UK. I bought a, a Volkswagen Bug, a 1972 Volkswagen Bug. And I had uh, started, I had replaced everything inside of the car. The outside of it still needed to be painted, but I put a really nice stereo in it and uh, changed the upholstery and the carpet. And inside was like a brand new car, but the outside, it looked like um, a, a nightmare on Elm Street because, you know, it needed paint and it was, it was gray and, you know. 
but yeah, I've I've, I've had a, a great experience with cars. Nice, nice, nice. So obviously with the cars came the music. So when you were rocking the the VW, what and you had the stereo in it, what sort of tunes were you playing? Oh, I, you know what? So um, I've always been a big um, Steely Dan fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I would play stuff like Steely Dan or Bobby Caldwell or War or some Go Go music. But this song here that I'm going to play. It sounded so nice coming out of the stereo, man. Let me tell you, this one. Good evening, Karen James. Welcome, 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 sis. Good evening, Karen James. I can just imagine you drive with the elbow out the window, just going. All of that, all of that, all of that, you can't all of that. You fast with that plane. You just all of that. that. You know, you're just cruising, you know? <laughs> and you want people to hear that you got something nice playing in your car. See that? Yeah, all of that. that. All of that. That's beautiful. Yeah, it does. It does remind you of an old cop show. It really does. Yeah, it absolutely does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was a cop that had his own agenda. Yeah. <laughs> he by his own rules. <laughs> he had a drinking problem, but he didn't care. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Midnight Caller. Yeah, I remember that show. Yeah, yeah. Yep. No, wicked, wicked. Yeah. So, yeah, so moving over to the UK. What year? You said that was what? Nine? Was it ninety four? Ninety four. Yeah, nineteen ninety four. Okay. Yeah. So what happens then? You move over. You, you meet your beautiful wife. You decide to come over to the UK. Yeah. Touchdown yeah. in London. What yeah, differences yeah. did you see? Uh, so um, first off, it's like uh, coming from the airport. You know, I'm I'm just a small town boy, so I'm like, man, we, we number one, we on the wrong side of the road driving coming from the airport. <laughs> And we're going fast. So I'm like, you know, well, slow it down a little bit, partner. You know, <laughs> we're going to get there. Uh, what, what, were di- what, were, what were different things? So uh, after being here a couple of days, I realized that you, know, you guys don't drive everywhere. Um, and as soon as we got here, you know, we went to uh, my mother-in-law's house because they were still out of the country. And uh, we were like, okay, let's get something to eat. And I'm like, okay. I saw a pizza hut. You know, when we were coming in here. So let's, you know, ride up to Pizza Hut. She's like, oh, no, 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 we can walk up there. So we walked up to Pizza Hut. So that was a few blocks, maybe four or five blocks or something like that. So I noticed that people did more walking here. Mm-hmm. And after uh, getting a job, I was here for about maybe three months or so, and I found a job. So I started working, um, going into work every day. And one day, um, it was raining. I know you can't believe it. It was raining in London, but oh, it, it happens. 
it happens. Yeah, there's one time in 1994 it did. <laughs> I learned about it in history. <laughs> and I'm walking, and my feet are getting wet, and I'm like. What what's going on? Why are my feet getting wet? So I get home and I look and the bottom of my shoe is it has a hole in it. And I'm like, what in the world's going on here? What kind of streets do y'all have that wear your shoes out? Because I have never worn out a pair of shoes. And it wasn't the streets per se. It was just the fact that, you know, I was doing more walking and I have in America, you don't do that. So I, I literally had never, ever worn out a pair of shoes to the point where I needed to resole them. And that was one of the things I realized that, yeah, you do a lot more walking here. The food is a lot healthier um, if you buy fresh versus what you get in the States, a lot more preserved preservatives in the food in the States. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a different thing. It's a lot more laid back here. Um, I would even say that the, uh, uh, the lifestyle is better. You know, the work life balance is better here. What's up? B pusher, my man, uh, BP. No, Karen yes, James. Sir. Hey, yes, indeed. Rest back. Shout out to you people's hog meisters in the building. too. <clears throat> Absolutely. Welcome. Sis. Welcome. Welcome. Salute, welcome. salute, salute, salute. So yeah, that was something that I realized earlier in the day, you know, that, uh, you guys did a lot more walking. See that. Yeah, man. Mm. rough on these streets, mate. On these streets. <laughs> so, what what was the, what did you find the differences between the sort of the two cultures of like the you know obviously coming over to London? London's a obviously capital city, so you know yeah. there's a lot of hustle and bustle. But how did that compare um, with where you came from in Washington with the people, it was, especially? Um, it was it was uh, it was really sweet here. Um, now I have been told about how rough. You know, places where and this did keep in mind, this is back in 94, you know, things have changed. I was told how, you know, Brixton is rough and, you know, you be careful and all of that kind of stuff. And I went to Brixton, you know, I'm from D.C. So, you know, I went to Brixton, you know, it's like, you know, I don't know, Disney World, I guess, compared to D.C. So. I'm like, what is, you know, what is all of this madness about? It's rough in Brixton. I'm walking down the street. I'm counting my money. I'm singing songs. Yippee, yippee, yee. I'm as rich as I can be. Ain't nobody worried about nobody in Brixton. They just selling a, a bad story. Brixton was sweet, man. It's nowhere like D.C. You go down the street and you look like you might be thinking about some money. You getting robbed, you know. <laughs> So how, how about because you said Washington was like the murder capital of the world? Oh, absolutely! Back in ninety three, ninety four, ninety two, wow. yeah. And the, by murder capital, we used to um, keep a count, and at one point it was one murder per day was the going rate. So you would have three hundred sixty five murders in a year, no problem. But uh, things have gotten better. Things have changed a bit, you know. Just like in New York, New York used to be bad. Yes, and yes, New York yeah. is one of the safest places you can go, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, wicked. So you, you touched down in London. Welcome, Natasha 702. Welcome, sis. Good to have you on board. Salute, salute, salute. Salute, salute. Yeah, so you, you touched down in London. And yeah. you, you think sort of Brixton, people are talk, telling you about Brixton being wild and blah, blah, blah. Mm. I mean, Brixton, back when you touched down in 94, compared to Brixton now, how, how do those two things compare? Oh, Brixton is, uh, you know, it's it's been gentrified. It's, you know, it's, it's the playground for the rich and famous, the yuppies and stuff. Now, it's nothing like it was when I first Straight got hipster. here. I Straight hipster. I remember going, we went to, 
I think it was me, BP and Crop, we went to see Mad Lib in Brixton. Mm-hmm. We, we went over, stopped over at Crocs. And I remember walking down the high street and I haven't been to Brixton for like about, I don't know, ages, about 15, 20 years or something crazy. Mm-hmm. And I went, I went, I was walking down the high street and there was people sitting out on the street drinking Prosecco and eating cheese. I was like, what? <laughs> it completely flummoxed me, completely. Th- I was like, what? what? Yeah. What's going yeah. on, mate? People eating cheese in Brixton. Oh, well, go on. Yeah. Well, a few years ago, I went back home to D.C. to one of the roughest streets in D.C. I mean, and this street was so rough, you know, it, it was having uh, some of the some of the businesses would be running in almost like condemned buildings. You know, you wouldn't walk down the street with any kind of uh, jewelry or anything, anything on. And I went back a few years ago on this same street, you know, there were people sitting out in front of these places on these little tables like they in Paris, drinking wine, eating cheese and smoking cigarettes. And laughing and carrying on like, hey, we've been here and I dare you to even think about stealing something from me because the whole area had changed. It had, it had gone from being a ghetto to like being this middle class place, you know, and there are dog parks. When I grew up, there was no such thing as a dog park. What do you, get out of here. The way he said that's a dog park. Dog park. Yeah. I'm just going to go walk Fido, you know, so... No, everything's yeah, the, changed the changes are crazy man it's yeah absolutely man. crazy crazy so what what do you think about the the, the london people compared to the the washington people do you find the, they were more sort of welcoming more open yes more yes really okay. absolutely i think the uh the london people are, are friendlier for the most part and maybe maybe i'm lucky because um people that i'm exposed to are generally uh brought to me from people that i already have met and, you know, you have like-minded people introducing like-minded people. Mm. <clears throat> so, yeah, they're, they're, they're a lot more uh, friendly. They're nicer um, for the most part. But you're always going to find, you know, an asshole somewhere if you look hard enough. You know. <laughs> Indeed. 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 Yeah, there's, there's, there's assholes everywhere, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no question. Yeah. It's funny, though, because a lot of people in the UK kind of comment on London being a bit more uh, or, or less people are less friendly in London because of the hustle and bustle and the kind of the whole sort of rap race nature of the place where everything's at, going at top speed mm. people don't have time to stop and sort of talk to each other like in Wolverhampton in, in the Midlands up north you just have random people talking to you whether you want it or not you know <laughs> but, see, yeah yeah you don't really yeah. get that lock of the tube where people staring across the across the tube that, you know, it's like staring straight you, through you they don't yeah. see you at all yeah, yeah. exactly yeah so, so yeah, yeah they, you you have that element here but you have that element you know in, in dc as well um you know you'll you'll not have it if you go further down south so mm. i've noticed um whenever you go further down south people are a lot more friendly uh, one time I uh, went to Mississippi and yeah, you would think that. That just sounds would, dangerous to me straight away. I don't it, know why. You know, it, it it does. It just sounds like, man, if I make it out of this, whew, I'm going to write a book. And it wasn't like that at all. It was the friendliest place I've ever been to in my life. For real? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I went there with um this uh, Iranian dude um, named Mosin. I uh, went there on a business trip and we landed in Mississippi and I was like, mm, this is not going to end well. 
This is not going to end well. And we had the best time you could imagine. Everybody was so friendly walking down the street. Everybody saying, hello, how you doing? You want a glass of water? I was like, huh, what? No. So <laughs> it was it was a great experience. So the further down south you go, I think the 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 friendlier people are there, you know. Interesting, interesting. So yeah, tell tell me more about landing in landing in London. So you landed in London. What happens then? You you, you found work, and what what were you doing around that? Sort yeah, of so um, I landed in London and I started working for Vodafone uh, locally in Croydon, and that was an experience. Now that was that was my first exposure to uh, local people, and by local people I mean Croydon people. And there's a and there's there's a whole different mentality there back in the day anyway oh man i had oh my goodness i, I can't even tell some of these stories some of the things that they did were just yeah, you, can't, you can't just you can't just do that mate you, no some of these people are still alive i can't tell them stories yet <laughs> but it, it was crazy you know it was a different mentality so just to give you an example and this this isn't a really great story but in the summertime, the building was air conditioned, which was amazing for that time period. This is like in 94. And, you know, we would go out for lunch and have lunch and come back. And people would be warm from being outside. And when they get back into the office, they would come up with this brilliant idea. Let's open the windows. Well, that's not really how air conditioning works. <laughs> Opening the window doesn't make it better. No. And they would do this every day. And I would try to explain to them, you're opening up the window and letting the cold air that we have in here out. Oh, I'm just so hot, though. Got to open the window. <laughs> you know, it was that kind of mentality. Yeah, One woman, she used to complain about her feet all the time. Oh, she was she was a mess. Uh, one one woman came in. Oh, and I, I will never forget this. And this I'm, I, it's going to sound crude, but I have to tell the story. As the story lives Kamsi and breathes. Kamsi, are you referring to Croydon? Yeah, this so is not changed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Exactly. Sorry, this, Croydon. Sorry. We were we were uh, we were starting our morning off in the office, and one of the uh, one of the one of the girls that worked there, she was late coming in, and you know, boom, where's let's call her Betty. Where's Betty? Oh, Betty ain't here yet. Betty comes in. Oh, sorry, I'm late. I had a shag this morning. I said, Oh my God, no, you didn't say that. Are you kidding me? And I am not making this story up. It was I. I would just come on. Wow, that's classy. Yeah, that's that classy. Cla hey, hey, classy. It's good. It's good to be open and honest with your fellow workers but why you know? yeah 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 Wowzers. that was her that was her excuse for, for coming in late nice yeah nice. i had to, I, I couldn't wait to get home to tell my wife she was like no that never happened I was like, yeah that happened it happened yeah some people think that's a joke that, that's that's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> wow. yeah no it's not changed yep 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 Kamsi said, went to the city and never looked back. Yeah, yeah. Then I ended up, I get, I ended up getting a job, uh, and I have to give my wife a lot of credit for that. Um, she found <laughs> that AT and T um, was coming here to the UK, and she was like, "You can get that job. You can get that job because you're American. You can go in and you can get that job." So I applied for it, and I got an interview, and I went in, and I was lucky enough to get the job, and I haven't looked back since. Like my I'm wife said, a lot of things where you get like peer pressured into doing things you know i'm seeing this no it's not peer pressured it's bullied 
But, oh, okay. Yeah, this, let's let's let's, let's, let's call it what it is. <laughs> yes, yeah, so AT&T. You work at AT&T? Yeah, I, I was working at AT&T, and I, I never looked back. <laughs> I've been um, working in telecoms ever since, and I've been lucky enough to have seen a lot of Europe just from uh, working for telecoms companies, traveling back and forth, wow. doing okay. things in their, their global offices. So that was that was a lot of fun. And, you know, I even was able to do this for a little while. Um, while I was doing the music stuff. Wicked. Yeah. So did people come to you and talk, start talking about 5G? If you're different. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the 5G bats? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't, they don't, no, no. Because I'm, I don't feed into that, that, that foolishness, you know. If you're gonna if you're gonna talk to me about something, at least have a one or two facts. Don't don't come with. I saw this video on Facebook, and they all had on white coats, so I know they was they were they knew what they were talking about. No, they were legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so foil crew. Yeah. <laughs> the foil hat crew, the flat earthers. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's scary. It's scary, yeah. mate. It's scary. Yeah. So I mean, okay. So if we're we're talking about. Um, conversations that you see online, Facebook and stuff like that. If I show you this. Oh, now see, you told me you weren't going to be doing a bunch of pictures. Oh. Oh, so this is, this is my family reunion. (laughs) 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 I see the resemblance. Exactly, exactly, exactly. You know, this was a dark day. This was a very dark day. Because the, the last time, the last time we spoke, the interview it was just after this, and we didn't get to talk about this. It was literally a couple of weeks after this happened. So this was the madness that happened in Washington, January the sixth, was it? January the sixth. Yeah. Insurrection so, Day. Yeah. yeah. So Make sure what? you get your barbecue grills off for Insurrection Day next year. See there. <laughs> the and obviously, this is your hometown. So to see yeah. this on TV, man, this has got to be absolutely crazy for you. Well, you know what? It wasn't just crazy for me. Uh, my mother-in-law, she's big into politics and news and that kind of thing. And um, this was also shortly after America having a black president. So, you know, uh, a lot of eyes were on America. And we had four years of all kind of rhetoric and um, lies and half-truths and stuff. So we were bombarded with uh, his foolishness on a daily basis. And there probably should be a PTSD program in place to recover from what he did to everybody on a daily basis. Serious. Yeah. And to see uh, such such a, a country that was supposed to be built on uh, these liberties and these freedoms and um, these standards go through that. And myself, uh, you could have never well see and that that's that that just goes to show that you should never say never because before Barack Obama I could never see a black president but that happened but you just could not tell me that at one point a president would incite that kind of activity mm-hmm. an insurrection he would say yeah let's fight like hell you know and he egged them on and you know to see, and I, I was a strong believer that, you know, that they'll never be able to penetrate the capital. That's not going to happen. Yet, they were in there 
with horns on mm. talking about and the thing that really made me uh angry is the level of stupidity um because they're in the united states they're in the capitol <laughs> building and they're yelling usa usa while tearing up the usa mm. and i just couldn't i couldn't I couldn't resolve that in my head. Well, you know, why, why would you do that? What are, what are you going to accomplish? You go in the building. Do you think you're going to overthrow the government because you went in that building? It's not how it works, partner. It, it, it was absolutely crazy watching that sort of um, pan out. And it was literally like he knew he was going. So he wanted to just bring everything down around with him. You know, he was, he like was a spoiled child. Not yeah. getting his own way, so he was ready to just let the whole country burn. He was going to leave the ground scorched. Yeah, man, yeah. That's, that's what he was looking to do. And Hillary, you're 100% right, sis. It's like, yeah, we were kind of kind of laughing, judging the Americans a bit. Oh, <laughs> why would you vote that dickhead in? Do you know what I mean? And now look at us now. Yeah, you got him doing the same kind of stuff, saying yeah, saying things that aren't true, and you you he's he's actually putting people's lives in, in danger. You know, yeah. talking about uh, you were protecting Jimmy Savile, and that wasn't even true. And you know, the the thing about him, I keep seeing all these pictures of of, of parties and whatever they want to call them. I'm starting to really wonder how were they able to fit in any work around all of this partying that they were doing. It had to be yeah, very difficult. To, yeah, man. It was difficult that, times for him. It you must know, be very difficult to fight <laughs> that hard. Yeah, because they're, they're talking about multiple parties. They're not talking about like one or two. They're talking about a lot. That Zoom parties, quizzes, birthday parties, cheese and wine. It was parties. everything. Yeah, man. All it sorts, was mate. everything. Yeah. I mean, one of the last pictures I saw, there was a guy sitting in front of a computer with a, a lay-on, a, a, a Hawaiian lay-on, and a bottle of champagne on the table. Yeah, and it's yeah. clearly an office. And I'm like, man, y'all just don't yeah. play. My man's writing policies. You know, <laughs> with some Prosecco <laughs> and some cheese. Like he's on Brixton High Street. That's how <laughs> <laughs> he's rolling. Please pass the great Poupon. Seriously, well, mm. yeah, it's just I, I don't know what's happening. It's literally, you know what I mean. The lunatics are taking over the asylum. When you start to think that these people in power are what are dictating what happens to all of us, you know what I mean? And you, you wouldn't trust them. You wouldn't leave. You wouldn't leave your bike with them. You go, hold my no. bike, man. I'm just going in the shop. You wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. I wouldn't no. Trust no, no, you wouldn't let them run a nursing home. No, you really wouldn't. No, no. they they just can't be trusted. But you know, me. you know, we we will will make it through that. And Hillary, wow, I'm probably we're probably on a list now. You know, Hillary. We're Absolutely, yeah, we are. Yeah, you now. shouldn't have had me on this show. You were doing quite well till you had me on here. Oh, now. No, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but look, I'm gonna play another song. So we we gonna you know we're gonna make it through tonight on this one. So you know, <laughs> yeah, please, please, absolutely. Stage left, quick. Yeah, for real, for real. Um, <laughs> it, it's funny because the the stuff that's going on with Boris is just it's it's, it's mirroring 
exactly what what happened there you know it's just it's starting out at a lower level but you know it's gonna be the same thing been two months since i seen your girl is insane you're the last one on my body baby nothing has changed so many ladies calling for me looking so nice i'm a man you understand but what you are gonna do right I'm just taking my time, girl, I'll do it for you Cause I'm in danger, baby, trying to find a way through I'm just taking my time, baby, this is my truth One more thing, I'm coming back to you You know, gotta make it through the night Through the night, baby Oh, I can't wait to get home to you Yes, indeed, Mate, man. You know this is coming straight to the G drive, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everything you play. G drive. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Beautiful. Tell, tell us who that is. Who so that is needed? that is Fonte and Eric Robeson, and uh-huh. they did an album together called Fontigolo. Uh, Tigolo, Tigolo. It was called no. It was called Tigolero. Where am I coming from? It was called Tigolero, uh, and it was a album they did jointly a few years ago they uh this is one of the tracks that i just fell in love with on there and the great thing about fonte he's not only a dope dope rapper i mean dude is is sweet with it his 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 pen game is is on a thousand but he can sing as well mm-hmm. so he brings you know two guns to the party and as far as writing goes eric he's such a a, a writer that he does this thing. If you ever get a chance, um, go to see Eric Robeson. Yeah, Croc, Fonte, and Arrow. <laughs> if you ever get a chance to go see Eric Robeson, Eric Robinson in concert, go see him because he does this thing in his show, and he asks anybody in the audience to call out a word, and they call out these words, and he'll take uh, chicken wing applesauce a man named harry uh, a, a football player and uh, a jogging suit and he will come up with a song and tie all of that in together oh, and he's freestyle he, singing freestyle and he does it every show what? every show and it is an amazing thing to see he's he's one of the best writers out Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, man. Is he touring anytime soon? I wouldn't mind seeing him then. Um, got, now so. that now that things are opening up, I'm sure he will be touring soon. Yeah. Um, he was over here. I saw him the last time he was over here. He was brought over here with Chocolate, and they did a show, a few shows around London and up north as well. And they were brought over here by Soul Gigs. So um, – I'm sure Simon is probably working on getting him over here again. So he, I'm sure he'll be here. You know, yeah. check him out. You want to see Eric Robertson. Mm, not to self, mate. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, need, I need to get to gigs full stop, mate. Do you know what I mean? I haven't been anywhere for ages. I mean, somebody asked me the other day. I don't know if it was the Diva Speaks asked, like, what was the last 
gig you went to, and I literally can't remember that it's been it's been that long. Yeah, because everything's been locked down. I, I I can't remember. Cannot remember. I've got tickets to see Jizza, and that's it at the moment. Says uh, DJ Croc says, weren't we at Jazz Cafe seeing Arrow one time? Pro- more than likely we were. More than likely we were. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I go see him whenever he's in town. So I, I yeah, definitely. There's a show. So um, I'm actually gonna venture out because uh, the only things that I've really been going to are One Nation Under Blues down at the Ritzy. Um, but yeah. I'm gonna venture venture a little further now. That uh, Boris said that everything's safe, and you know you can trust Boris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he says it's safe, it's good. It's good. safe. We're it's good. safe. We're it's safe. Good. I ain't wearing it's no. A, it's not a distraction thing or anything like no, that. No, no, no. I ain't wearing a coat or nothing. I'm just going. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. Don't to... even need shoes. <laughs> yeah, you don't even need shoes. That's right. Shoes, I'm gonna go see uh, Donnie. Donnie's gonna be at the Jazz oh, Cafe wow. okay. uh, Saturday, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Dip my toe in the water and go see Donnie at the Jazz Cafe. And um, I'm going to see Will Downing um, next month, I think the 16th. He's actually got two days in London, I think one in Manchester. Uh, he's got a few days here in March. So I'm going to go see Will Downing as well. So nice. I'm nice. stepping stepping out there. Stepping out, mate. Getting taking, out there, taking my man. chances. Yes, sir. Throwing the dice. Yes, see what sir. happens. Yeah, man, that's mm. the way, man. That's the way. It is something I miss just seeing live events and live music. Do you know what I mean? Because it's good seeing people that you listen to and seeing them live and being just as good. Like seeing the Roots live was amazing, and you know what I mean. Seeing people that you, you know what I mean, that you love live and being able to perform live. Because th- th- there's two different things: is being able to make an album, but then yeah. when you see some people, they don't perform. It's not quite the same. But when it people isn't. smash it live, it, it is a beautiful thing. Oh, absolutely. It really is. Because they get to be a little, uh, they have more freedom when they're live. Yeah. So they're able to uh, do a little more with, uh, I guess, the the production when you get live instruments and you can change things around a little bit. So, yeah, man. You can't see. <laughs> it's a bit harsh, isn't it? <laughs> what have we started? Don't hold back. Say how you feel. Yeah, man. Don't sit Good. on the fence, mate. Don't sit on the fence. Exactly. Just, just say man. It. Say it. Wow. Say it down. You know what I mean? Mm. Mine is ends in Brom. Wicked gig. I wouldn't mind have seen that. Ah. Yeah, G-Force and the Roots. I mean, yeah. I was with you, G-Force. Yeah, went yeah. to see the Roots. It was amazing. So yeah. since we've mentioned Lucens, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a, a big Lucens, Lucens fan. So. Oh, you really? Do mm. I, I love Lucens and there's there's been rumors going around that they may have 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 played at one of my birthday parties but you know really? Really? yeah there's there's a rumor I, I like you know what I'm not even going to try to tell that story because nobody can tell that story like Croc DJ Croc tells that story better than anybody else but I'm going to play a little bit of Lucens this is my favorite track by Lucens and it's um it's it's only because of, I guess the um the ad lib part of it. It really, really gets me. Yadum dum delay dum yadalay. Okay, go. Yeah, I'm 
That's funny. One 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 Buddha Buddha Buddha. Yeah, we can change. We can change. So, what, what was that tune again? Sorry. Uh, you you can't stop the rain uh, by loose ends. And and I was watching this show uh, and it escapes me right now. Oh, BMF, Black Mafia Family, BMF, and they started using this tune in that show. It was a, it's a series. It's about Big Meech and uh, that gangster uh, crowd from, I think, Detroit or something. Um, and the one of the villains in there, whenever he was on his on his foolishness, ready to do some damage, they would play this. He would start singing this song. He would start singing this song. And it was the weirdest thing. Yeah. You, you can't stop the rain. Whoa, that, that's kind of cold, you know. And, and next thing you know, he didn't cut somebody deep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, that's cold. That's yeah, cold. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was, I guess, a revival of that. Wicked, really? Wicked. Yeah, man. Nah, that's dope, mate. That's dope. So what sort of things are you listening to now? Obviously, you, you, you're blessed with the whirly tunes, mate. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm loving the selection so far. Oh, wow. Um, so it, it's going to be infinite, I know. There's a few. Um, this is one. Now, this came out a little while ago. Um, this is another one of those that uh, I guess you could say it, it got away. And this is from Roy Ayers, but he does it with uh, this guy named Luke Smith. Let me know what y'all think about this one. Um, cut that off. <laughs> Check it out in post production. Absolutely. <laughs> Come on, Luke, get it. 
Yeah. Who's that again? That's um, that's uh, that's Luke Smith and Roy Ayers, and it's called It's Time. Uh, and Luke is a British cat, if I'm not mistaken. He's from here. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, so him again, and Roy got you together. You championing the UK, dude. Champion it, man. Champion. You know, I, I got nothing but love for the UK. You know yeah, it. Man. There's so yeah. much talent here. So much talent here that just Real. doesn't get exposed. You know. So like, you, you said when you came over here and you were talking about um, going into starting up your own radio show and all that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, how how did you find that? How was the first your first experience of going live? Was it stressful? Was it? Did it go to plan? How did you prepare for that? So, like I say, I thought I thought I knew what I was doing for some reason. Uh, <laughs> and the first show was an absolute disaster, really? you know, because I, you know, and I always, always, always tell people I am not a DJ. I'll play some records. I know what I like. I am not a DJ. And I had uh, just started working with a mixer. And um, I think I was using. Uh, iPad mini to play my music through to the mixer and stuff and it was it was it was stressful it was the most stressful thing because I didn't know how to um, mix records in or what went with what properly I just knew what I liked um, and it was so stressful but once I finished I was on a high for hours after it it was like the buzz of a lifetime really? and you know I, I i i got into it and i just i just fell in love with being able to play my records you know songs that i like and um other people seem to like it too so I, I just kept on with it and it's you know i've gone from station to station um didn't quite see eye to eye with urban jazz radio after a while and uh, left there and I went to um, Channel Radio and that was a seamless transition uh, because Channel Radio was just starting out and I uh, started doing a show on Channel Radio and I did that for probably about eight years, nine years or so now, maybe a little bit longer. And I picked up, a, I was uh, asked to join another station called Revenge FM and uh, I do a show on Revenge FM now as well. So on Mondays I'm on Channel Radio. On Wednesdays, I'm on Revenge FM, and uh, maybe a couple of months ago, I got a call, and uh, I was asked to be on um, Digital Soul Radio. They wanted me to do their Saturday morning show, so I do the Saturday morning show for Digital Soul Radio. Nice. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. Tell what time you're on, so that just in case they want to come and catch some of your shows, because your, your shows are fire. No, oh, thank you, man. You know what I'm saying? When, when are they on? So you can catch me on Mondays on Channel Radio. That's www.channelradio.co.uk from 7 to 9 p.m. GMT. On Wednesdays, you can catch me on Revenge FM, www.revengefm.com. And that's from 8 p.m. GMT. And on Saturday mornings, you can catch me on Digital Soul Radio. That's Digital Soul Radio dot com from 10 a.m in the morning till 12. nice yeah, yeah. So check those shows out for some niceness mate so yeah. you also because like I, I mean one of the things i've kind of asked people um when they've been on air is how you you obviously you've, you you're in everything because i mean last time i was speaking to you you had like about 
400 podcasts go cookery do you know what I mean? Current affairs. Oh, man. I was like, man. Do you know what I mean? I was feeling lazy talking yeah. about it. I was like, I'm lazy, man. I need it, to sort my life out. You know? It was the pandemic. I found out that I had a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> so I just started doing stuff. And, and you did. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was really busy. And it was, it was great fun. And I'd love to be able to resurrect some of it because um, I do this thing called trading tracks with uh mike kelsey and he's in dc and we do it uh similar to what you guys do uh what you do yourself and what croc does and um you know all the other guys and what we do is we just uh have a conversation like we're doing now and we'll just trade songs back and forth we'll play some of the song you know maybe a minute or two of the song and then kind of break the song down on what the song is about um, or a memory that the song invokes or evokes for my wife. Try to correct me on the uh, chit chat. <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, she typing right now. She, yeah, she, she tapping right now. Um, <laughs> uh, and we have this thing called the slow jam battle. Now, wow. this is, this is two grown ass men playing love songs. I mean, these are love songs that will make you, you know, back your chair up and you know wipe your eyes because they're just the most hurtful things you've ever heard in your life but people love a love song but they don't listen to the lyrics and a lot of love songs have lyrics in it that are like oh man is that what they really saying you know because one of them one of the love songs that people love to listen to is talking about somebody getting getting stabbed you know and they just oh they say oh yeah oh, it's a love I song. I love you so much I won't stab you. Yeah yeah. Now I'm laying in the hospital, bandaged from feet to head, and that's a love song. You know, <laughs> I don't know. So we we break that down and we tell people well, you know you know symphonically and uh, you know sonically the song is beautiful. You know there's horns and strings and pianos and then the lyrics just turn it into a whole different beast. Mm-hmm. If you listen to him, yeah, I think was talk- he's talking to um, Natalie Thirteen Rhythms when she was talking about um, songs from yesteryear, sort of thing, and saying yeah. about people talking about songs nowadays are too explicit. They're kind of whatever. But when you look at some of the songs back from the seventies and whatever, they were still talking about explicit stuff. It was just packaged nicely. You know what I mean? It was just like you know, you'd have like a. You know what I mean? It would have a very beautiful tune, really so harmonically beautiful and all that sort of thing. But the, the content of it was actually, you know what I mean? Questionable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Very questionable. Very oh. questionable. Yeah. Even um, uh, Minnie Ripperton, some of her songs, you know, they, they were they were saucy. Yeah. Yes. They were saucy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, man. She's asking questions about people to do certain things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I only caught that the other day listening to it. I was like, "Hang on, did she just say that?" Yeah, that's right. Did she? What? <laughs> what year was this? Yeah, 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 man. yeah. yeah. for real, man, for real. So, what and a, you know, what Betty a... Davis just died. No. And she was the sauciest one you could ever find. She died today. No was way. Was it the day of yesterday? Peace. She she died yesterday. Sorry. Mm. Yeah, rest in peace, Betty Davis. And you know, she wasn't playing. She she was she was out there with her sauciness. Yeah, rags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, yeah. embrace that shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Just do you, do you. Exactly. So one of the things you, you were doing before was the, um, was it the Twizzy, Twizzy podcast? Oh, the way I see it. The way I see it, yeah. That was yeah. like a kind of, um, it was like a, a current American affairs, current affairs, American yeah. perspective on what's going yeah. on in the UK and across. Yeah. That was cool, man. Yeah. Is that something you're thinking about bringing back or? Um, you know what? I'd love to bring that back and I'll have to talk to Terry. It's just our schedules just are really hard to sync up to do it because yeah. um, Terry has a his own gym and it's called Next Phase and it's in London. So he's running his business and you can imagine the stress and the uh, attention he had to pay to it during the pandemic. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah, things yeah, are much yeah. better now. So we weren't able to really sync up our schedules to do uh, too many more of those. But eventually, yes, I definitely, definitely want to get back and do some more of those because it seemed, it seemed to be something that people kind of enjoyed. Um, and we missed out on some really great stuff. I mean, we missed out on the whole insurrection and we would have had a ball talking about that, <laughs> you know. Indeed. Yeah, Indeed. So. Indeed. And now, and now that you've got a... Uh, Obviously, America's got a new president. You've got this guy now. <laughs> Joe, Joe Biden. No, no, we don't have him. We've got Monty Burns. <laughs> now, Monty Burns is more switched on, mate. This, this is the dude you got, I think. Mate, excellent, what? excellent. excellent. <laughs> yeah, why... What is going on? Why, why, why is that old man in charge of that country? Why, what's going on, man? Well, that's a good... Okay, so you have to look at it for, for what it is. How many choices did we have? And how wrong can you get it after Trump? You really can't. Yeah, yeah. You really, you could have put a washing machine in office and, you know, you'd have done just as well. Machine. You'd have done just as well as what an Trump apple, did. Yeah. Yeah. You could have put anything in office and they would have done just as well. Now, I I have to say, um, yeah, Joe's Joe's got a, a little bit of mileage on him. Yeah. Mm. You're saying his first rodeo. Uh, but he's a smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you better hope he's diesel. Because <laughs> <laughs> motorway miles. <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to say he's being measured in light years, but he's got some mileage on him, you know. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I, I don't know what's happening with our politicians at the moment, man. I you know what? I don't. I, I do not know what's going on with him either. It's, there's, there's, there's no integrity anymore. There really isn't, you know. I. I what what happened to you know politicians that you could trust, you know politicians that you could believe in? If they said something, you 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 knew it was true. They weren't just you know freestyling. Now you've got they might as well be rappers just stand stuff off the dome up in you know nobody has any facts behind them, and then they turn that into they turn it into alternative facts. Well, it could have been true. Well, no, it couldn't have. <laughs> I don't- but do you know what? I can't remember a politician that I thought, yeah, they they stood up for what they said. I can't. I can't. I, I can't remember. I, I might be just sort of being blatantly wrong. You're talking about UK or UK, uh, globally? UK. UK. Uh, uh, I'll get back to you on that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. People in the chat. I don't, do you know what I mean? I don't. I haven't got the the highest regard for politicians, full stop. But I can't Especially think now. of anybody. Yeah, but 
I can't think of anybody that was true to what they said, true to their word, realistically. Any politician. You may, yeah. you, you may be, a, like, there might be like a local MP that you got a lot of respect for. <laughs> something, but That's no, about it. Yeah, but, you know, nobody on the any cabinet, whether Conservative or Labour, no one's... Bernie Sanders. Well, Bernie, Bernie was a... Uh, Bernie's a top flight dude. Bernie's got strong history because he was actually uh, marching with Martin Luther King. Bernie just didn't have the charisma and I guess the profile and he could have had the profile. He just didn't use it to, to get into office. Mm, mm. You know, but he was he too liberal. Get, do you think he, yeah, yeah. So do you think in places like America and like here as well, it's kind of rather than, um, somebody coming and just talking sense. People grab votes based on either of the extremes. Either it's like we've got to dash everybody out, and we've got to yeah. get away from Europe, or we've got to be. You know, everyone's got to have equal money and go fully communist. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 know? a it's a it's a it's a strange one because I think a lot of it is just done on popularity. Mm. I feel Boris got in office simply because he was like the the naughty schoolboy, and people wanted something I guess kind of lighthearted. Um, I don't think anybody, and I hope they didn't think that he was a hardcore politician that would deliver, you know, serious policies and stuff. Because I mean, his 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 hair just that that right there tells you you're not working with a lot, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't get the whole Brexit thing. I, yeah. Bigger G says people vote on personality and that's true. Indeed. Yeah, I would agree with you, Bigger G. Definitely, yeah. definitely. One hundred percent popularity content. It's basically like a, a national X factor. That's essentially what it is, isn't it? It's you come on the audition, you get voted on by <laughs> You make it sound like the mass singer now. Yeah, you come on your audition. Some dude just as a duck <laughs> It would be more interesting. I want that one. I want that one. <laughs> it's, it's just crazy, mate. Yeah, yeah. He, you, you're right. The diva speaks. He was a joke when he was mayor of London. Yeah. Wasn't it him that got stuck on that wire, the zip wire? Yeah, and it was him that tackled the child as well. <laughs> that that was funny though. That was, I'd vote for him just on that because that was impressive. See, and that's that. There you go. It's it's. It's the buffoonery that'll get you in office. So there's still a chance for me to be, be to be prime minister or president. Yeah, just, man. Just, just call him dude. Touch the kid in his chest. Like, That's on. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take this, Hold youngin. Mm. Serious, man. I, I still got it. I still got it. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. So how how do you see sort of? I mean, obviously, with you as a a a, a US guy over here. How do you see um, things kind of progressing here? Do you think do you think things are better than they are back in the US at the moment? Or uh, I think I think things in the US are better than they were. I don't think things here are better than in the US. I think uh, here, um, I think we're in a a, a transitional period. Uh, very um, a very Continuous uh, period, mm. uh, especially with what's going on with Russia. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, politically, it's it's not the easiest of times. 
um, economically, we are really going through some rough things. And I'm, I'm, I'm a bit concerned about people's welfare that don't have um, the same as everybody else who don't have the means to, you know, have basic things. And the way that the economy is going and they're raising interest rates, it's going to be rougher for people. Mm-hmm. And that that, you know, that concerns me. I don't think that's the right thing to do. Um, you know, so I think we're in very uh, tumultuous times here. or We're going to be coming up on some tumultuous times yeah. uh, just I mean, based on decisions yeah, I mean, that like are being made by politicians. Of, yeah, I think the, 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 um, the conversation about that we're talking about fuel prices going up maybe by 50 percent 50 percent how how can that be such a job and then you're talking about fuel companies announcing profits of like 90 million or whatever it was you know it's and also that on top of the interest rate increase and they're talking about is it a hundred and some pounds per one hundred thousand pounds you borrowed on your house is how your how much your mortgage will go up. Who can afford that kind of increase as well as trying to keep the house warm as well as putting fuel in your car to get back and forth to work or whatever it may be. You know, it's it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy for anybody, but you know. And are you seeing are you seeing the same effects over in the states? Are they getting the same thing because obviously they're saying that the fuel price hike or the the energy price hike is like an international thing but is the same effect happening over in america as it is so the same degree i'm i'm not that familiar with exactly what's going on there but i know if you raise fuel prices by 50 percent in america there's going to be an uproar somebody's going to have to answer to something because they don't like to pay what they pay for gas, and it's almost free, really, compared to here. Mm. So yeah, that would it's be like in France. If you if you did that in France, mate, they'd be like burning down. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. They they go straight to the streets. They yeah, they they, they from nothing. Yeah, they take a friend. day off. The whole country takes a day off and just goes in protest, man. You know. It's, it's Speaking crazy. of day off, let's let's put in some um, put in some Linda David Hall. Yeah, man. That's good. I like that segue. <laughs> Look out there now. <laughs> hey, baby, you've been on my mind thinking maybe we could spend some time away from all this crazy shit. Hate your job, wanna these days ain't doing us no good Would you leave with me if you could? Something's always in the way We could be out of here today Where we're going, you can breathe again Let it out, all you're holding in All your fears, all your cares are gone Pack your bags, cause I'm coming through We gon' go away, just me and you Think about it, but don't take too long I wanna go someplace for me to rain on your table. Very good question, Ellen. Yes, it is a very good question. Nobody knows us. 
So one of the things that I guess is uh, interesting as well is what's going on with uh, Boris and his his wife or baby mama, whichever one you want to call it. Um, who's actually running the country? Because she's in, in meetings with him and she's not there delivering a sandwich. She's she's sitting down in the meetings with him. Just chilling. <laughs> Well, well I, I saw that there was, a, there was a time where he said that he wasn't having a party. He was having a business, he was having like a, an actual meeting, a government meeting, and she was there for that. Yeah. So whether that was a party or not, I don't well, know. I, I wasn't aware that she was there on a regular, to be honest. Is well, that a regular occurrence? Rumours, rumours have it that uh, she's got a lot of say-so in what goes on. Wow. That's, that's what I'm hearing. Wow. The word on the street. That's it, man. Mm. I, I, tell, I tell you what's interesting as well. He's seen like um, sort of ex-ministers, ex-prime ministers like uh, Theresa May just like throwing shells in from the back bench. <laughs> just, just, just Yeah. And Gordon Brown threw a, a bombshell in, uh, was it today or yesterday? He he put his uh, oar in the water. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Throwing bombs and shells in there, man. And the, yeah, it's not looking good for him. I don't, if you were at work, people, if you were at work, right? And you were getting this much heat, right? And you had an out to sort of get out of there. Would you just bounce if you had something? I'm sure, you know what I mean? He, he, he doesn't need this kind of shit, man. I'm sure he's got money to fall back on. <laughs> Would you just be taking all this abuse? No, but the thing with Boris is when he's backed into a corner, he likes to double down. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that, yeah. that's that public schoolboy thing, you know? It didn't happen or... I can talk my way out of it. <laughs> it's like he's got photos of him with butler champagne and piece of cheese. Yeah, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was a meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't me. No matter how much pate and, and grapes and stuff you saw on the table and, and champers, it was a meeting. At least that's what I was told. Yeah. Mm. And then you got somebody in the background doing charades and carrying on, but it was, it was a meeting. A party in your house. I didn't know. I forgot about it. But it's, it's in your house. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't remember. I, uh, <laughs> then he starts the mumbling and the fumbling. And I'm like, oh, well, here we go. Mm. Was, I saw you post on Facebook an interview with what? Was it the Minister for Culture? What's her name? Oh, Nadine something. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was the most awkward thing. It was like, you know. <laughs> but that's not even her first one. That's like her M.O. She gets real dumb. Uh, I don't understand. What are you? What, uh, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. Well, what are you on? What are you interviewing for? If you're not going to tell, it was funny. You know, like you know, like you can imagine if someone asks you, like, um, "Have you seen this person?" Right, and these two people have been like hiding the salon. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's like, "Huh? <laughs> yeah, have you?" <laughs> She's like, "Have you seen Bar- Huh?" Boris, who? I don't know anybody called Boris. Yeah, Bo- uh, Boris who? He's yeah. Boss. No, I've never spoken. No, no, we don't talk. <laughs> no. He's like, why are you being so defensive? You yeah. interview. I mean, shady. It's straight shady. Yeah, we've been in contact. We've communicated. <laughs> Can we have okay. another question, please? Yeah. Why are you asking that? Because I want to know. Like, whoa, I'm loving this interview. You know, you can't beat that. It's just, I, I don't understand. I don't, like, like. Yeah, Natasha said <laughs> Kaka fart, all of them. Okay. <laughs> 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 
in his expert opinion. Absolutely. 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 Cock a fart, you know. Real talk, mate. Real talk. Okay. It wasn't it wasn't Gordon Brown, it was John Major. Thanks, Cam. Yeah. Thanks, Cam. Correcting you again. Correcting you. Hey, that's 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 what we do. <laughs> Obviously, that's what Obviously. we do. Mm. Nah, it, it's it's crazy times, mate. It's crazy times, and I think, like, I mean, obviously, we've we've come through some tough times with this whole lockdown in the first place, and I think the the whole arts, music, film, and all that sort of thing is still going to be just as important for the coming days, coming years, I think, because. There's some tough times looking like they're going to be coming ahead, mate. You know what I mean? I don't think this is going to get any easier. It's it like the song. Like it's like the song. There may be trouble ahead. Precisely. But it, it really, it really is. I'm, it, it concerns me a great deal. I mean, I really can't express it enough how concerning it is that they would think now would be the time to raise interest rates, knowing that we've got an energy crisis coming up as far as being able to afford, you know, keeping your house warm. And then they're going to give you uh, interest-free loan they're not really helping you they're just uh, pushing the, the debt down the road mm. you know creating more debt so I don't know <laughs> Hilly said you guys need to play some serious tunes because this is vexing me <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you mean now are you talking now or in the future Hills <laughs> I'm sorry about it I am not Boris Johnson I may never do it <laughs> absolutely Melly Mel called beef, bully beef and rice. (laughs) (laughs) Bully beef and rice, you know. Real talk, mate. Real Mm. talk. You know what? I've got to say this. My mother-in-law, she can do something to corned beef and it is nothing like I've ever tasted before in my life. I have no idea what she does. I don't know if she got some kind of magic wand or she's saying some kind of something over it. And... (laughs) But it is the yeah yeah it is the best oh man isn't that a weird thing though our elders like my mum is the same my mum could like she look in the cupboard there's nothing in there she'd go she'd get a brick a house brick <laughs> some petrol and I don't know a glass of water and make like a and beautiful some, meal there's a mixed baked paper rub <laughs> some Andrew's liver salts and <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Said, mate, I choose to call it a number because because what's that? What's that, mummy? What is this? It tastes delicious. It's a number six. Just <laughs> <laughs> rustle up something like another. That is man. funny. That is so funny because my my grandmother she was notorious for that, and I know there was a time machine in my grandmother's kitchen because there was no way I could just show up at my grandmother's house. Boy, you hungry? Mm, yeah. Okay, grandma, I'll take some. Okay. She go in the kitchen. Twenty minutes later, it's a seven course meal ready, and yeah. nothing was cooked before. So I know there was a time machine in her kitchen, and she would go back in time and start those meals. <laughs> That's what just got it on point, just yeah. ready, just in case. Yeah, because it didn't make sense. You you couldn't cook that that kind of meal in twenty minutes. Yeah, just man. you know, didn't make know, any man. sense at all. Magicians, mate. Yo, seriously. Yeah. I want to go back a little bit because um, before we before we leave, I wanted to talk on. How I actually started to uh, move up in, I guess, the music game yeah, and meeting please. a lot of uh, celebrities. We ain't going anywhere, bro. Anywhere. <laughs> anywhere. Not going anywhere. I'm enjoying this. Uh, so um, I was uh, 
hanging out at the jazz cafe um, and a friend of Terry's. Terry was a friend with Nathan Heathman and Nathan Heathman was Gene Carnes musical director. And Nathan came to town and we were at the jazz cafe and we were hanging out backstage and the guys had been on a, a tour and they had been touring for like maybe 15, 16 days, maybe more. And they were here in London and the guys in the band were from DC. So I was like, okay, you know, cool. You know what? If you guys want a home cooked meal, cause I know you've been on the road for a while, come over to my house, you know, and I'll, cook your home cooked meal. You know what I mean? My wife will cook your home cooked meal. So they were like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And uh, one of the guys said, oh, well, look, is it okay if Billy comes with us? And I said, yeah, Billy, whoever else, because it was Billy, Paul, Gene, Con, Dexter Wazell, a couple other people. So I said, sure. So a couple of days go by and, you know, they come on over and Billy Paul is with Nathan and the crew. And me and Billy Paul we hit it off like a house on fire. Billy Paul was one of the nicest guys you've ever met. He was also one of the funniest guys you've ever met. And he he told this story about him and Bobby Brown having a fight. And it was just the most hilarious thing. Him and Bobby Brown, he, he fought Bobby Brown. I don't know. It's just, a, yeah, just one of them stories that you hear. Anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, Are you not going to share that? Are you not? You can't just say that in a rude one. What, what are you going to do? Man? Bobby Brown says some slick, and Billy Paul slapped him or something like that. Something like that. Well, I don't, something like that. You don't have to go in for. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. something like that. But Billy Paul became a good friend of mine, and when Billy would come into town, he would call me, say, "Look, come on, hang out with me," and I would go and hang out with Billy, and. He would take me backstage into the after parties and all that kind of stuff. And one of the first times that we hung out, um, he was introducing me to all of his his friends. Now, Billy Paul, Billy Paul's friends are not like my friends and your friends. Billy Paul is friends with the Jacksons and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, Those yeah. are his friends. So he's introducing me to Tito Jackson and. Um, wow. Russell Tompkins Jr., the lead singer from the Stylistics, and uh, David Guest, and, you know, all of these kind of people. And I'm meeting them, and, you know, we're having a good time. And because Billy has co-signed me, I'm able to start interviewing these people because I was doing a radio show. So wow. I would just say, to you, hey, would you like to, you know, be interviewed? And they would say, yeah, sure. Because, you know, we would have a conversation and stuff, and they figured I was a cool guy. And that's how I started... Um, meeting a lot of the celebrities. It was because of right. Billy Paul. May he rest in peace. That's my man. My main that, man. That was your entrance into the into the Aladdin's cave or whatever. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Wicked. And on oh, and <laughs> now here's a funny kind of story. So uh one time me and Cam went to one of the shows down in London. It was the, the David Guest extravaganza where he had all of those legends playing and stuff. And one of the shows, uh, Billy stopped in the middle of his, his uh, performance and said, okay, the next song, I want to uh, dedicate the next song to Conrad and Camilla. Yeah? Wow. And this is the song he played. Okay. Now, I'm going to stop it here only because it was pointed out to me 
because my wife looked at me funny when he said that. And she said, um, you know, this is the cheating song, right? <laughs> But my wife absolutely loved Billy Paul, Billy and Blanche. We got a thing going on. We both know that it's wrong, but it's much too strong to let it go now. We meet every day at the same cafe, 6.30, and no one knows she'll be there, holding hands, making all kinds of plans, while the jukebox plays. Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones. Well, I'm telling you, Billy was too smooth. And there's a, there, I've got Billy stories, Billy stories, Billy stories. So one time Billy was in town and, uh, well, actually it was, the, it was the same. Well, he's done it on a couple of occasions. Once at my mother-in-law's house and once at mine, um, we finished having dinner and stuff and we had a piano. Um, so, uh, Gary Gillespie was the uh, keyboard player for Gene Carn and that, that tour. Next thing I know, and this just blew me away. I've got Billy Paul in my living room singing me and Mrs. Jones live. And I'm like, no, nah, this, this, this ain't happening. This is not happening. And he's, he's, he's just having a ball singing him and him and, uh, Gary are just having fun on the piano and singing songs. Craziest night I've ever had in my life. Wow. Crazy. Too crazy. No, that's, not, that's not standard. That is non-standard. As well. <laughs> non-standard. As you... <laughs> Damn. That was funny. Wow. That was a great night. Yeah. Wicked. Wicked. So who was the first interview that you, that you, that you had? Billy Paul. After that. After that, obviously. Uh, after Billy Paul. Uh, it was you got the, the, golden, the golden key. Yeah, uh, I think it was uh, Russell Tompkins Jr. from the Stylistics. Yeah, I think he was the the, the one after the, after Billy. Wicked. And um, I mean, you know, I've, I've been very lucky, very blessed um, to have you know met and hung out and <clears throat> interviewed so many people. Um, George Duke, uh, Verdine White. Um, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And it's all it all started from Billy Paul. So I just so I had to make sure I mentioned him. Yeah. yeah, man, big up, big Billy Paul. I mean, I, I see some of the the, the 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 posts that you put up to like people that you've interviewed. It's like, yeah, I've just posted this on YouTube. I'm like, what? Honestly, people, if you if you're not following grown folks on YouTube, following his channel with his interviews and stuff, man, make sure you do because, man, it's a who's who. 
is a <laughs> soul and folk I've been music. very lucky and blessed. Uh, I'm I'm very lucky. Absolutely. I've had a I've had a great ride with this music thing. It's been it's been fun. It's been a, a struggle, but I've had a, a really good time and I'm I'm very humbled and, and you know truly blessed to have uh, experienced a lot of the things that I've experienced with a lot of cool people, you know. And what would you say your big takeaway from being in the music biz and being such a avid music lover has given sort of you Especially sort of coming through the pandemic, what, what's, what's music giving you? Because obviously you're, you're 100% a music man, man, you can tell, man, through and through. Music has given me um, space to, to think, um, space to um, create. Um, and by create, I mean I've taken uh, music and come up with uh, different things to do, like the trading track stuff. Um, so it's... It's, it's always been something really special for me. Um, so music has just been everything to me since I've been, you know, a child. It's always been around. It's always been in the background. Uh, I used to um, listen to a station called WOL back when I was a little kid. And one of the guys that was a DJ on WOL, his, his, um, his, he was called Mr. C. And I used to think his voice was so amazing. And he was like, Mr. C, this guy. Um, I ended up meeting Mr. C. And this is a crazy story because Mr. C has been in and out of my life for years. And I didn't even know it. When I was a little boy, my uh, uncle, who was going to win life because he had all the toys. He had he had a race car. And Mr. C had a what? He had a race car. Yeah, he had a race car. Yeah. He, I told you he had all the toys. He had all the toys. Yeah, there's toys and there's race cars, though, man. You know he I mean? had all of the toys. He was Damn. if if it was who's going to win life if you get the most toys. He wanted to win life, so he had a race car. And Mr. C had a race car. And on Saturday morning, this this story just don't make no sense. Anyway, when you tell it, when you say it out loud, it's like okay. Anyway, Saturday mornings he would get up and he would start working on his race car to race later that Saturday and Sunday. And he would start racing the engine and he lived around the corner and you could still hear this race car. That's how loud it was. And Mr. C had a race car as well. And my uncle used to take care of his car. And I used to see this guy and I would see on his car, you know, his name and stuff. But I never put together that that was the same guy I was listening to on the radio. My uncle was best friends with this guy. No way. So I grew up with this guy and didn't even know it. Then. I ended up uh, becoming friends with uh, Mike Kelsey and Mike Kelsey used to work for WHUR in Washington, D.C. And he used to do the production work for Mr. C's show. And somehow we ended up getting becoming friends and stuff. And to make a long story short, I ended up getting to meet Mr. C face to face. I interviewed him and ended up on his show one time and I ended up getting to uh, meet him and we had a ball talking about my uncle and things that they used to get up to. And it's just funny how life is uh, so uh, intertwined, you know, and they talk about six degrees of separation and all that. And, you know, this guy, he's been in, in, in and out of my life for years. And it was he was always an idol when it came to, you know, somebody on the radio. And I didn't even know I knew him. <laughs> we, have, we have a very good question from Hillary B down there can you see that yeah who would you like to interview dead or alive that i haven't interviewed yet mm -hmm. i would love 
I would love to have interviewed the marvelous one, Marvin Gaye. Uh, I still haven't given up on uh, interviewing Al Green. He's just delusive. Um, he's, he's, he's not really doing a lot of interviews. I'd love to interview Al Green. Um, I would have loved to have interviewed Prince. I would have been a babbling idiot. <laughs> so are we saying, how, how big a Prince fan are you? I've, I've heard a couple of his songs. Yeah, yeah. One, one or two. Okay. One, yeah, one or two. One yeah. Or two. I actually was lucky enough, and these, these things are so rare, but I was lucky enough to have a signed uh, CD cover of one of his albums because he normally didn't sign stuff. And he was he used to have a store in London and he made an appearance at the store um, as new power generation. And he was Torah Torah. So he had a mask on and stuff and he signed and all of the band signed this this one album and he had signed it. But we had a, a, all of our stuff burnt up in a fire. But I'm not going to go into that story because our house didn't catch on fire. It was in a storage unit. But anyway, it burnt up. Along with uh, my signed copy of uh, Don't Let It Go To Your Head by Gene Carn, my signed copy from Larry Graham, his last album, Ugh, just loads of things. They just burnt up. But yeah, I would love to have uh, interviewed um, Marvin Gaye yeah. and um, Prince. Wicked. So with the whole radio thing, because I think, I think as a presenter, and as a selector of tunes, man, you were amazing. Oh, so thank you. You too, Karen. I, 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 love, <laughs> I just love your style, man. The, the voice, how you come across. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I love that. What What do you think about? Obviously, like you, you're playing on multiple radio stations and stuff. What do you think about? Would you ever consider having like your own um, Twitch channel? Having like your, basically your own radio station? Yes, um, I would. I would love to. I've even played with the idea of having my own radio station. I've looked into it and it's, oh, wow. it's, it's not something that can't be done. Um, but yeah, I've, I've thought about it. That was one of the things that I had time to do when I was, when, when we were in lockdown, it just never got around to it. But yeah, I, I did play with that idea. Um, as far as having a Twitch channel. Um, so. Well, you have a Twitch channel. So <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I just need some consultancy on how to get it to the level that you guys have it as far as whatever the 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 the, the, the graphics and all of the way that you do things because I don't I Bro. you would think you would think that I was uh, able to do that kind of stuff really easily in the field that I'm in, but I'm like Homer Simpson when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> not grandpa, not this dude. <laughs> not grandpa. Nah, grandpa's a little sharper than Homer than Homer. <laughs> Homer oh, was the guy in school that was eating eating the glue. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, all you gotta do is ask, man. I, I, I'm 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 happy to help if I can help. Cool. You. Do you know what I mean? Appreciate Same it, book, mate. Because I think I think you on here would be very very cool. Oh, yeah. I would, I'd love to do it, man. I'd love to do it. it, it, it you you're too kind, really. You're very, you're very kind. I'm, I'm blushing over here. <laughs> <laughs> People in the chat, would you like to see grown folks up on Twitch? Because I would. I'd love to be on Twitch. Yeah, Princess I'd love Olivia. to. Yeah. Oh, Prince Who's Prince is a monster. Yeah. He's truly rubbish. Who's this? Who, who, he's a, are you talking uh, about Prince? No, she's talking about her husband. 
Oh Lord. She gonna get thrown out of the chat. That's her problem. She 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 too bright. <laughs> so G Force is coming with the ones, so I think that's that's somebody co-signing my <laughs> and the diva. Yep, yep. I think I think you I think you got a following here already, mate. Yep. That sounds Any good. Mask? Yeah, man, you should do it, mate. Sounds good. And sounds good help, to me. Any help I can provide, mate? Not a problem, man. Talk Absolutely, no problem. Because I mean, if you're if you're already doing the radio, and I don't know how, whether you stream that live, but you could do the same thing and just do that live on Twitch. Okay, because that'll kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. I'm into killing birds with stones. Yeah, man. One stone business. Man. That's <laughs> it. That, that. <laughs> be, yeah, man. Everyone's on it, mate. Everybody's on it. Yes. Natasha says yes. <laughs> Sean Connery. Yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. See, yeah. One Nation knows that. Crot knows, man. You should be on here already. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing I mean, the trick. Crot? I'm missing exactly. the trick. Ramping. This is ramping. Is what he is. I'm missing the trick. Patreon. Yes, man. Definitely. Yes. Exactly, Natasha. Nah, it's dope, man. So I mean, yeah. Music is what you are. So, I mean, what would what advice would you give people? Obviously, like we were talking earlier about yeah. um, you potentially helping people. Who, anybody wanted to go into the sort of the, the kind of behind the scenes side of the yeah, music man. industry or were artists or new people who were artists to help them with that? What advice could you give to anybody listening now or be listening to this? Because it's going to go out on Spotify, potentially. Yeah. What, what advice could you give someone sort of wanting to dip their toe in the sort of music industry, whether on the mic, behind the scenes, whatever? You have to have perseverance. Um, you have to have drive. You have to think out of the box. Um, and you have to, um, at all costs, if you can, if you're that person, and I'm sure everybody on here is, maintain your integrity um, because the music game can be, uh, it can be very nice. It can be very ugly. Yeah, behind the scenes, you get to see a lot of things that, you know, a lot of people aren't privy to. And just remember, it's 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 ninety percent, you know, ninety percent business and ten percent show. Um, as far as show business goes, you have to make sure that you're, you know, looking at the legal side or the business part of it to make sure that that all is in place. And just just go for it. Just you know, persevere. Don't take no for an answer. Um, is the main thing and one of the most powerful things that you'll have if you go into that industry is your network um, if you build you up a good network doors will open if you have you know if, if you are who you are and you're presenting the same person every time doors will open mm. do you yeah do you yeah do you and, you know, of course, believe in whatever you're promoting wholeheartedly. You know, do just people, res people resonate with that, you think? They do. They really do. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's interesting you saying that. I mean, my, my daughter, she she's sort of self-taught herself how to play the guitar. And she's uh, a few months back, she started gigging. She she played her first gig over in Birmingham. At some point oh, wow. In Birmingham. How cool she's, is that? She's, she's a little bit of a rock chick. Do you know what I mean? She's, she's badass. You know what I mean? And I went, went to watch it. It was like this this seedy place where it was it was kind of like because um, you just turned eighteen. Yeah. Um, and it was like a it was 
people between, I think it was between sort of like 16 and 20 or something. They're, they're, they're kind of sort of promoting young people coming up and coming through to be able to just perform and get used to performing on stage. Okay. So they have like these small gigs and she went up and played her first one and she loved it and they've asked her to come back to come and do some more. G-Force so, is saying Sunflower Lounge. Yeah, that's the one. Sunflower Lounge, yeah. yeah that's where it was, yeah, in Birmingham. Um, yeah, and it'd be interesting just to hear your sort of side on things. I mean, obviously, it's something that she enjoys doing. It's something that she um, she's really interested in, but that's not her kind of main focus. She yeah. wants to do other things. But you know, what would you, what would your kind of advice be to? Would would it just be the same advice? Just sort of be yourself and look out for the business side of things if you're looking to absolutely one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And being an artist, it's more important that you look after the business side first because you have to protect yourself. Um, people will, will take advantage of your talent. Um, they may want you to perform for free. They may want you to. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never seen, you know, any utility or any kind of mortgage company take exposure as a payment. <laughs> so you, you have know to, what? No, me. Now you mentioned yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, bump that exposure thing. You can make your own exposure. You don't need somebody else to make that for you. You can go and, you know, stand up on a corner and set up your busking, you know, for exposure. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do that on your own. You don't need to go to somebody else's event where they're charging people or they're getting some kickback from the bar or something. That just, that's not a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely protect yourself as far as your writing, your, uh, production, you know, um, your publishing, most important and, um, know your worth. And as long as you are enjoying and believing in what you do, you'll, you'll, you'll never work a day in your life because it'll always be fun, you know? So definitely. Just look out for yourself and and have fun and and don't take no for an answer, you know, and get a get a get a solid uh, circle of people and then a sanctum. You know, you don't need a bunch of yes people telling you you're great, you're great, you're great. You want the truth. You know, you want people that when you have a bad day, you can go and you can talk to them and you don't have to worry about, you know, them exposing your real life or whatever it is, because you will have at some point you'll have an external persona for performing and then you'll be you. Now, nobody's a thousand miles an hour all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's good. Surround I think that's 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 words to live by anyway, man. Surround yourself with good people. Yeah. I mean one hundred percent before like iron sharpens iron, but yeah. With people that can keep you grounded, you know what I mean? Not just say, Oh, you're amazing. You know what I mean? Because oh, for sure. often do that and then when things go a bit peak tongue, when peak things go wrong Mm. They're nowhere to be seen. They're nowhere to be so, seen. No, mm. no, they're, they're good time Charlies. They just long for the ride, and when the ride stops, they get off. They get off, man. Yeah, get off there, <laughs> jump off the bus. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's it. They leave so, the what, boat. See the Melly Mel saying, uh, "Link up with um, with Tan, fellow rock chick." <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll, I will. I will tell her. I will tell her. Yeah, she's. Um, yeah, that would be that would be wicked. That would be wicked. Yeah, next thing you know, she'll be the next. Uh, she plays guitar. Mm. She'll be the she next guitar. Alicia Keys on guitar. Smashing it, mate. Yeah, yeah she's, man. She's, she's, she's dope as well, you know. She's dope. Cool. I think so. I'm not a dad. I'm of course. Sort of biased. It's of sort of course. Biased. 
And you know what? You know good music, so you wouldn't just be saying that because that's your daughter. True thing. So true thing. That she's cool. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, so what would your advice be and what are your lessons coming out of the pandemic for um, just just life in general, man? Do you know what I mean? What what what, what are your take-homes and your, your sort of lessons learned coming out of this whole madness? Well, um, a few things. Um, don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today, I guess, is one. Mm-hmm. Um, before the pandemic, I guess I was getting... Uh, maybe a little melancholy in my old age. Um, I was I would always tell people at the end of my show, uh, remember family is everything, so spend more time loving each other. Um, and that's, you know, one of the things I say at the end of my show. Um, then take some time for yourself. I think we've been afforded a great opportunity in the pandemic in some ways because we had to sit down and we had to take a deep breath and we were able to look at life and see what am I doing all of this for? Why am I working myself to death? And for me, um, it gave me an opportunity to realize that there's more to life and family is really important. Um, And I think a lot of people are going to start treating themselves better because of it. Um, one of the things I was telling my wife is I can just see the luxury or high end market of things taking off uh, mm-hmm. because people are going to want to treat themselves better. Mm-hmm. They're not going to you know, want to work so many hours a day and then, you know, not reap the benefits of that. So I think it's, it's, it's a, a to take the takeaway for me is take care of yourself first and foremost and take care of those that you love and you know be kind to each other because we you know we won't belong here because we don't belong here and once you're gone you're gone you know perfect yeah man i 100 percent agree with you 100 percent. yeah i i think i think it is so easy to get caught up in the whole kind of treadmill rat race thing do the next thing. I think we've talked about this before, but it's kind of like where you look at, you just look at the next thing and, and it's something I was always guilty of not taking time to um, appreciate what I've done or achieved and just yeah. looking at what's next. So I don't yeah. actually enjoy anything. There's literally no point in doing it in the first place because I don't That's enjoy right. when I've succeeded. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, I'm still rubbish at it. I'm still rubbish at waiting and reflecting on what I've achieved. I just still, I still kind of, do that, but I, I have that sort of conscious effort of trying to, you know what I mean, enjoy things a bit more. You know what I mean, and definitely family. What were you saying about family? That's that. That's definitely absolutely my, absolutely. my, 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 my take on from that too, man. Wicked, yeah, man. Wicked man. Any more jewels of knowledge you would like to impart on the beautiful chat room crew here, man? <laughs> or any more tunes? Have you got any more tunes that you'd like to? Yeah, what you I'm got, gonna. Man? I'm going to play this one. You you wanted to hear this one. This is one I played in the sound check. So yes, 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 yes. Yeah, let's play some little bit of uh, Alicia Keys. And I didn't get to meet Alicia Keys yet. I do want to meet her. Uh, I was able to touch her hand. I was able to touch her hand. I that's, went, not, that's not creepy at all. That's not me and my hand touching. What the hell is that all about? I need to go see, get something. Oh, God. Boy. 
I think we need to shut this down. I need to go see a therapist because there's a lot of creepy hand touching going on, isn't it? It's a bit weird. I hope he gelled first, mate. This was this was years before the pandemic. Didn't have yeah. to wash your hands, but no, no, no. Back then, people talking about not washing their hands and all kind of stuff. Oh my gosh! Zebras and Airplanes, and that's by Alicia Keys. Yeah, that's dope. That bass line is so it's too dope. smooth, man. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. There was an interesting comment from Hillary B in the chat here, um, where sort of following on from your comment about just sort of taking time out and stepping out the rat race, and sort of going on from what we were saying earlier about all these changes in hiking, heating bills, and all these kind of things there. Um, the, yeah. the, the kind of two things don't kind of correlate or might not correlate for a lot of people going and forward. that's that's what bothers me is because mm. it won't correlate for a lot of people and that's mm. that's that's the 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 part that we as humans have to get better with mm. we we shouldn't we shouldn't you know leave others behind one of the, one of the things that um i talk to my my wife and my kids and stuff about and we have this conversation to me there shouldn't be different levels of food. Uh, food is a basic thing. How can you how can you have, you know, one level of food, the you know, the the, the package that just says sausages on it? <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing about it. <laughs> and then you have another package of food that says taste the difference. Yeah. <laughs> so you already know. That's that's gonna be good as shit because I'm gonna be able to taste the difference. Why why that's do we have? Nice photo on it. Well, it got that one. It's just got like some blue ink. That's it, and it's it ain't even staying on there. It's yeah, it's written in, it's written in crayon. It's written in crayon, and if you hold it too long, you won't know what it is when you get home. So I don't think we should have different levels of food. I think this should be like standard good food. Everybody should have good nutritious food. We shouldn't we shouldn't have and you know that's just me. Yeah. I don't you know. I hear you. I hear you. And I think 
the one thing I would say as well is that obviously you've got to work. You've it's the balance between working to live and living to work, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's getting that, yeah. it's striking that right balance, and yeah. and also yeah. the fact that you're working, you gotta be. You're working for something. You're working for a better life for yourself. You're working for provide things for your family, provide things for yourself. Oh yeah. And if you don't take time out to enjoy that, then it's kind of you're not really living. You're existing. You know. And that's the terrible thing because some people have gotten to the point now where they're just existing. Mm -hmm. You know that they're not really enjoying life. Their work life balance is all messed up. It's all out of skew. But they're not doing it because that's what they want to do. It's because that's what they have to do. Yeah, yeah. Except in America, and my American friends are probably going to beat me up. I think, and and from what I've seen in America, there are a lot of people that work really hard and work a, a more than one job because they want to win life and they want to have the most toys. You know, they want to have the biggest house and they want to have the nicest car. But do they actually get time to enjoy any of them? Mm. Sometimes not. I don't know. Yeah. If you work at all that all those hours, you haven't got any hours to actually spend in those nice houses or in that car. You know what I mean? Because you're working, you know. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's striking that balance is important, and you know, I, I think I do think for myself speaking personally, I was kind of tied up in the trying to achieve and trying to get to here. When really, I'm thinking I'm not seeing what I've already got. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not preaching yeah. what I've already got. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that that's a big thing for me. It's interesting to hear the, the similar similar story from your good self as well, man. Yeah. Um, Hillary says most foods are made by the same suppliers but packaged and priced differently depending on the brand. Yeah. And why why do we have that? Why do we I mean, food is so basic. We need it to live. Okay. I can see you have different cars at different levels of luxury. Yeah, that's you know, a car. But food? Come on, you know, what can you do? I want to play another Prince song. Yeah, man, please do. And then I'm going to play something else. So I'm going to play this song. Now, this is um, one of uh, the Prince songs that I like, because I've, I've, I've mentioned I've heard a couple of his songs previously, right? One or two. Yeah, one I've or heard two. one or two. I, I've, I've heard like, you know, yeah. you probably got like, like a greatest hits album or something. Something like that, yeah. Uh, this is Prince, I think. Yeah, or yeah. No, that's, no, that's what I call Prince. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I call. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah? That's, that's the one. one.
That's <laughs> look at this comment here. <laughs> Waitrose meat tastes different. <laughs> I'm sure it's her bedtime. I'm sure she that's got to my, get up in the morning. That's my favorite comment, isn't it? Wow. Yo. Now let me detract from that shit. That shit is amazing, man. But that comment crisp, yo. <laughs> they cut that same cow up and send it to different stores. <laughs> Waitrose meat. Waitrose meat tastes different. Yeah, man. If that's 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 not middle class at all, is it? <laughs> wow. <laughs> First world problems. Oh, Waitrose meat tastes different. It didn't uh-huh. say better though. She didn't say better. She just said different. True say. Mm. True say. Mm. Oh, true say. Yeah. Chelsea Rogers. Uh, G. Chelsea Rogers was a model. Yes, indeed. Waitrose. Yeah. House that's Quaid. that's a funky, funky joint. Chelsea Rogers. Absolutely. <laughs> We can chew we're not, not going to go down that rabbit hole because, <laughs> matter of fact, me and, me and Tech already had this call. We already had this, this conversation. I am not going in that, down that rabbit hole. I'll mess around with it a little bit, but I'm not going down there. Yeah, right. We can have a whole night on Facebook. A whole mate, night. This is why you need your own channel. <laughs> this is yeah. why you need. Yeah. Mate, mate. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Honestly, you need a handman. It's holler. No okay, question. cool. No question. Cool. No question. I want to play one more song. What, what was it? What's it? Gentrified meat. Gentrified meat. Oh. It's, it's self-explanatory. It is gentrified meat. It is gentrified meat. I don't know. I don't, I don't, no. Yes, it is. It's, yeah. Because wherever you see a Waitrose, you see a Starbucks or something not too far yeah, away or Costa. Yeah. 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 Someone's mm. eating cheese and Prosecco. That's right. Cheese and prosecco. That's 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 a thing now. <laughs> Outside on a uh, bistro uh, set of chairs. That's it, man. So mm. steel chairs. You know that's it. That's it. right. That don't face each other. They face the road. Mm. Yeah. That's it, man. Yeah. We're talking about politics. <laughs> oh, I just, I just must find me a new cleaner because what I have is death. Dafters of all get out. Etc. Yeah, etc. Yeah, for real. So what you got for us, man? Uh, so um this was this was uh me and my wife's song right here. We love this one. This is this this song here, um I'm not gonna get emotional about it. This song here really uh demonstrates what my wife represented to me yeah the 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 male part of it so let you hear some of the lyrics on this because my wife is a wonderful woman she's really strong so here we go michael franks this was our first dance at our wedding I am lost at sea 
first dance what running so from a hurricane helter yeah. skelter through the wind and rain i find shelter i find peace again Woo. lyrics wow. mad lyrics mate i'm telling you mad lyrics yo shout out to kamzi yeah yo. shout out to my wife cammy we got a request the request came in yeah they were yeah. asking for they were Prince asking one, Prince one, used to be Jesse a role Rogers model one. yeah That is such a funky, funky song. That's, what? but you know what? 
we're not gonna let them drag us down there. We're not gonna do that. We are not. We are <laughs> yeah, not gonna to base, do that. We are base, not. Man. We are to not gonna let that happen. Yeah, we're gonna to shut base. that down right now. Man, you'll get used to this when you start streaming on there. You'll get. Used to this. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to lead you. <laughs> That's, That's yeah, yeah. Taking me down the garden path. Yeah. Before you know it, man, eight hours later. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm looking like I've been up all night fighting, and I got to go to work the next day. There you go, bro. Yeah. There you go, man. So what? So what? Have you got a tune you want to end on? Yes, I do. Yeah, there you go. I yes, knew I this do. Man was prepared. <laughs> this, this is the dude, man. <laughs> Consummate professional. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. First of all, I want to thank you, Tech, for having me on your platform. I really appreciate it. I love coming on here, chatting with you, because it's just—I mean. It's just like me and you standing in front of each other talking, having that's a friend, having a, a that's, little that's time. Is, I love your style. I love your style. You just make people feel real relaxed, and it's just great. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in and all the questions and uh, putting up with me and my foolishness because I can go on with some 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 <laughs> stupidness if you let me. Yo, but I appreciate you guys coming real, in, mate, mate. It's always a pleasure having you on here, man. And and many many thanks for passing through again, man, and just blessing us with with some selection of tunes. You know oh, what I mean? thank you. And thank you. believe me when I say people want to see you up on Twitch streaming, doing your own thing, doing you. You know what I mean? Because I am going to sort I, that I feel out. when I listen to what you're playing, I feel it's an education every time. Personally for me, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I'm, hearing, I'm hearing things I don't, you don't hear as standard. Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. what I like. I like when I listen to this, like if I listen to Croc, right? I'm hearing things that I don't you normally hear. You never or, thought of, yeah. You, you know what I mean? And, and you're hearing things that are different. And that's the same thing with you when you play. I, I like listen, I like listening to things I haven't heard before. I like I like the familiarity of things, obviously, but I also yeah. like listening to like, what, what the hell was that? I, <laughs> I like that. I Absolutely. Like that. Yeah. So that's why I love listening to what you're playing. I love listening to the classics that you're playing. I love listening to new stuff, the education of that. Thank mate, you. Thank you. You will kill it on here, man. Trust me. You thank you. It. I appreciate that. And thank you guys again for, for listening in. And um, I just if you want to have uh, more listening to me, you can catch me on Channel Radio on Mondays. You can catch me on Revenge FM on Wednesdays. And you catch me on Digital Soul Radio to get your Saturday mornings up and jumping. So I'm gonna get up out of here. Thank you again, Tech. And this is gonna be my final song. And I'm gonna and check it's gonna out. Gonna be on Twitch real soon. Yeah, I'm gonna be on Twitch real soon. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> peer pressure him into that as well, as well as like A and R. Let's let's call it what it is. You gonna bully me into doing it. And <laughs> that. Yeah. And this song is it's a very it's a uh, it's it's a remake of a song, but the way that they've changed the lyrics around is very touching. So I'm about here.
So this is Sunday service choir and they call it rain. Beautiful. Big tune to end on. Grown folks, how dare you? <laughs> Grown folks is left building. Sometimes it's all there 
asshole. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> you know the hairs in the back of your neck stand up. It's oh, one of those. It's one of those. Days. It's one of those. Yeah, the man. If you if if people in the chat, if you were listening to that on headphones and had it off a, a sensible volume, the levels to that tune, how the percussions come in, yeah. the bongos, and then little piano there where how it doesn't it need to be. Oh my yeah. days! Yeah, the man. way it builds and beautiful, very emotional song for me. I I, lo- I love that song. Dope song, dope man. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't, I, I haven't got nothing to say after that, man. I'm gone. <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs> thank you again, Tech, and thank you everybody that uh, took time out of their busy schedules to tune in and watch me and Tech just kick it and have a ball, man. Mate, always a pleasure, bro. Always a pleasure. And whenever you're ready, WhatsApp me, bro. Absolutely. Brother. I will there. do. We're there, Absolutely. most definitely. People, many thanks once again for passing through and joining in the chat and just interacting and just being your beautiful selves as usual, man. Enough love. Um, this has been a wicked one, man. And I, 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 I knew it. You get Conrad on the place, man. You're going to get educated. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get some tunes oh, and some education. You know what That's I mean? That's funny. what it's all about, man. Just fun. Nice for a Thursday. Just winding down for the weekend yeah. in a nice way. And that tune just just put the ice and the cherry on the cake, man. <laughs> that was Thank amazing. you, everybody. Thank you very much. Yo, I remember people, t- tell the people where they can catch you again. Yes, on Mondays. All the shows. On Mondays at 7 p.m. podcasts and whatever the hell. <laughs> I don't even try and remember. On Mondays, you can catch me at 7 p.m. on channelradio.co.uk. On Wednesdays, you can catch me at 8 p.m. GMT on revengefm.com. On Saturdays, you can catch me at 10 a.m. on digitalsoulradio.com. And on Sundays, you can catch me at Eastern Market, just standing out front selling oranges and apples. (laughs) (laughs) That Billingsgate. (laughs) Absolutely. Wicked. Conrad, once again, government name. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. You went the whole show without it. I know. I, know. I thought I was doing so well as well. Oh man, let myself down. Grown folks. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you again for passing through, man. It's My pleasure, wicked, man. Absolutely My wicked, pleasure. man. Remember, people, this will be up on Spotify and Anchor real soon. If you want to listen back to all the bangers that Conrad was dropping. And listen to that last tune in your headphones. <laughs> You're welcome. You know what I mean? <laughs> salute, Tech. Salute. Salute every single time, sir. Much appreciated. People, stay safe. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you again real soon, okay? If anybody's interested, um, tomorrow we're going to be running the um, episode three and four of the Cosby um, documentary. It's oh, kind cool. of a downer after doing this. But oh, yo, cool. it's a great documentary if you want to pass through. Nine o'clock tomorrow night. For sure. Yeah, so I'll pass yeah, through. Man. But yo, people, lots of love. See you real soon, yeah?